Hello and welcome Once to again. another live snarf talk. Live and in your face. Christmas edition. Oh, holly jolly snarf talk. <laughs> Coming at you. Christmas time. Christmas it, time is here. I don't remember the words to that song. Christmas time. I, I don't like Christmas music all that much. I have I mean, to go on record. It's okay. Not a fan. <laughs> It's okay every once in a while. We should do it like a top 10 Christmas songs. That would have been a good idea. Actually, Marley had that idea and I shot it down. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that would have been a good idea. We haven't done that. So it is our Christmas. It is. Well, this is going to air after Christmas. You're watching it now live on Facebook and YouTube before Christmas, but you're going to hear it as the podcast probably after. So Merry Christmas. Thanks for... Uh, you know, joining us. Hope you had a good time. I did. I always do. Um, and it's over now. Yep. Now it's done with. But we're going to continue on with Christmas because we're going to talk about it a lot. We've already done like the major top 10 for Christmas, which was Christmas movies. Yeah, we did that last year. So go back in our uh, yeah. snarf caves. In the pantheon of snarf. Yeah. Well, Somewhere back in that episode been, 50 or something. You think it was 50? Yeah. Was it that many? Well, there's like 50 weeks in a year. It was like a year ago. 52. 52. And it was over a year ago. So yeah, I guess it, it would have been around 50s 50. or 60. Wow. Seems like a lifetime ago, Chris. It does. Like I don't even so remember long it. Ago. I don't even remember what I put in my top 10. But tonight... I know my number one and you don't like it. You're like, me. What was your number one? I'm pretty sure it was Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think, it, I think it was, but I remember you saying you thought it was overrated. Mr. Field says, hello, boys. Hello, boys. Hi, Mr. Uh, Matthew Fields. Thanks for joining. Um, by, by the way, he put up some pictures on Facebook, like holiday pictures, and he has an impressive beard. And it's adorned. It was like ornamented. Yeah. Or ornament. Is that how you say it? Or he, ornamented? Yeah. He had beard ornaments. Yeah, it, which is... Which I should have. First of all... I should ridic- be wearing them right now. It's a ridiculous thing, and I would normally make fun of people for it, but it looked good. <laughs> I liked it for his pictures. I thought it was good. So, you Congratulations. Know, yeah, congrats <laughs> on that one. You you pulled it off. Never thought you could, but you did. Yeah. So, we appreciate it. <laughs> um. Yes, Christmas. No, we're going to talk about... Uh, since we've already done our top 10 Christmas movies, mm-hmm. we're just going to talk about like the Ranker. Ranker is a website that lists like uh, everybody votes. Yeah. So it'll be like the top however many we do Christmas movies as voted by fans over the years. We're also going to talk about um, some of the top non-Christmas Christmas movies. Non-Christmas Christmas movies. So, and then we're going to talk a lot about that, The Mandalorian. That could start some arguments, too, because some people believe certain movies are Christmas movies. Yes. But other people believe they are not. I usually am in the believe they are not camp. but You usually are. You're always the not guy. Well, there's only one in particular. <laughs> two in my book. Two that I believe aren't? Oh, no. Two okay. that people that I know of argue about. Okay. Yeah. There's, in our there's, world. There's, there's, there's quite a bit, but... One that everybody argues about, right? Die Hard, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna say it was released in theaters in July, so we can it, put that out there. Correct. It was in the movie, though. It is based around Christmas. Yeah, that's time. true. And like the events happen on Christmas Eve. 
So we're going to talk about some of those. Some of those we had on our top list. I believe, I don't know what I, I had as my, what was my number one? No idea. Muppet I, Christmas I Carol? Was, yeah, it was. That's, that's a jam. It definitely was. That's a jam. It's fine. I've just never been a Muppets guy. Oh, man. You know, Muppets are fine. Snuffleupagus, he's great. Was that a, was that that's snuff? not that's a Sesame Street. <laughs> that's Sesame Street. <laughs> See, that's how not Muppets I am. Man, you are. No, not. what's the big uh, elephant guy? There's an elephant guy, isn't there? In the Muppets? No, it's a big woolly like mammoth guy. I don't that's think who so. I'm thinking You're of. thinking of Snuffleupagus. The, yeah, the elephant guy I am, but I'm there's another big guy like with a really big mouth. But there's lots of big guys with big mouths in the Muppets. Really? <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't know anything about. The Muppets besides Kermit. Yeah. And Animal. Kermit the Frog here. I like Animal. Yeah. And uh, Fozzie. Waka Waka. Yeah, Waka Waka. He's the comedian. I know that. What's the other guy with the big nose? Gonzo. Gonzo. I like him. Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, he's good. awesome. He's and a Rizzo? good character. I don't know Rizzo. Rizzo the rat? Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a good rat? I, that's what I'm saying, man. You know? Muppet Christmas Carol is where it's at. I'm sure we'll talk about Maybe it. Maybe I should watch it's gotta it. It's got to be on the ranker list, right? Maybe. We'll see. We'll see what the general populace thinks of <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol. That Not the remade one, though, right? Uh, Isn't there a remake? No, there's no remake. Well, what's the one that Jason... Um, no, that's the Muppets. That's, that's just, just the Muppet Muppets? movie. I thought he did, redid the Christmas one. No, I don't think so. No. I, re- I tried, to, tried to rewatch the Muppet Jason... Uh, What's his name now? Uh, I keep wanting to say Sadakis, but that's the SNL <laughs> yeah. guy. Anyway, that guy. Uh, yeah, that one guy. It's, he, not, it's not very good. He's from How I Met Your Mother. Yes. And Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Yes. But I don't remember his name. No, well, no. anyway, um, so we're going to talk about Christmas. I, I think you should release this on Christmas, Jerry. On Christmas Day. Yeah. Think people are going to listen to it on Christmas Day? I mean, a lot of people are just going to listen live right now. That's but. true. That's what a lot of people do. <laughs> Tons, thousands, hundreds of thousands. What are you of people. doing? Anything? Anything exciting for Christmas? No, we normally hang out at home and do our own like Christmas in the morning. Uh, this year we are going to Amy's parents on Christmas Day, which is rare. We normally don't do that. It's so, usually like the day after or like everything. The Saturday you know, following. just bucking the whole coronavirus trends and absolutely going against the conventional wisdom. Oh yeah, this last weekend we've already had multiple parties with basically just my family, but. Because Graham's birthday is the 20th. So How'd that, that was smoked Sunday. meat go? I tell you what, it turned out real nice. Real nice. Yeah. I liked it. For my first adventure in smoking meat since like probably 2015, um, it went really well. Took a lot longer than I thought. It always does. And I'm so glad I started it when I did. As soon as we got done recording last Saturday, was it? Or no, Friday. Um, I put it on at 11.50 and... It's stalled out bad. So a lot of times when you smoke big hunks of meat, they stall at a certain temperature. Some people just let it ride and you, you let it cook for as long as it needs to. Other people do what's called the Texas crutch and you, and you wrap it. Like meat surgery? Yeah. You wrap, yeah. <laughs> so you wrap it in tinfoil or butcher's, butcher's paper or something like that and then bump the heat up so that it starts cooking faster, but you don't lose any of the moisture because you've got it wrapped. So that's what I ended up doing because at 7 o'clock in the morning, they were at like 160 degrees. I needed to get them to 200 or 205, somewhere around there. And at 11 o'clock or 1130, they were still at 160 degrees. I was like, man, 
this is a problem because people are going to be here relatively soon. So I wrapped them, bumped the heat up, and it ended up working out wonderfully. It's hard to screw it up. It 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 really really is. is. So that's I said that later in the day. I was like, you know, I put pretty minimal effort into this. Yes, I mean, I was doing it in the middle of the night, and that might take some effort. And doing things like to prep took a little bit of effort. But really, once it starts cooking, I didn't really do anything at all besides add wood chips. And I squirted some, you know, moisture on it every once in a while. But other than that, it was pretty, yeah, apple cider vinegar and apple juice and the rub. I mix it all together, sprayed it on there. Okay, whatever. It was easy to do. And it came out really good. And it's like, how are there competitions for this? (laughs) Like, how do people compete to make it any better than what I did? I mean, there could be some changes I would have done. I would have liked like a little bit more flavor to it. It was really moist and like good. I would have just liked a little more flavor. But that's like a minimal like critique. It, yeah. Everybody liked it a lot and nobody was So do was you consider carnitas to be like pulled pork? Isn't that what it is? It's well, like a, a it's braised like a roasted meat. pork, right? Braised, I believe, like cooked in well, liquid. I uh, happen to attend a lot of Mexican parties. Okay. And some of the best I've ever had is they'll boil it in Coca-Cola. No way. Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. That's it? And like they big just put a big pan. A raw hunk of meat into a pot of Coca-Cola. Yeah, boiling over a fire. That's it? Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. sure there's some other things. It's probably not all Coca-Cola. There's yeah. probably there's be a lot of Coca-Cola. actual cocaine. Yeah, yeah. That's, the, I mean, that's what gets you hooked. That's the secret. <laughs> that's why, like, man, I need your, I need your carnitas, man. Yeah. <laughs> so? So, and that's, no, that's, it? Just, that's good. It's, the, it's, the best you, stuff. it's yeah. not really pulled pork, though, carnitas. It's kind of like roasted pork. But it's still like... It is pulled. Though. Pulled, right? Yeah. And stringy? Yeah. Or is it chopped? Because there's a difference. It's chopped a little bit. P- chopped and pulled. I would like to look up the definition of this because I feel like pulled pork is carnitas. It's just cooked maybe differently. Maybe. Because most know. pulled pork is usually smoked, right? I think most, well, no, I mean, I make it in a crock pot and well, just add I liquid know. smoke. I've tried to forget that. I tried to forget you ever said that. Carnitas is Mexican pulled pork. Okay. So, yeah, dead on. It's like, it's literally what everything they pulled up says. Okay. Um, I can make that. But it's not smoked, typically. It's not, like, made in a smoker. But it's still cooked slowly. It's slowly cooked pulled pork. Because I could cook it in a smoker just without any smoke. Yeah. You You don't need to have smoker or smoke to make pulled pork. Mm -mm. It's just pulled pork. Right, but... It's got to be slow cooked, though. It has to be very slowly cooked. Anyway. For hours and hours. So it went very well. But I just thought, how do they have competitions on this stuff? When I put no effort and have no idea what I'm doing most of the time and did it so well. Are you making, are you smoking anything for Christmas? Um, I, no, I'm going to do a prime rib. I don't know if I'm going to smoke it. I've seen a smoked prime rib before. It looks really good. I don't think I'd smoke a prime rib. I think it'd be so it's good. It's such a critical piece of meat. I wouldn't want to screw it up. I know. And that's why I'm probably not going to do it that way, but I did just buy a standing rib roast. Which I is- am. I was informed today that I'm cooking a beef tenderloin, so... Don't screw that up. Don't <laughs> no, screw that up. It's like an eighty dollar thing. But I did of meat. get. I told you earlier. I got um, uh, pork belly. I want to do something good with a. pork belly. You need belly. to get a hold of my boy at 
Alan Schaefer. Albone. He's That's your guy. That's what I always called him. Um, I don't necessarily necessarily just want to do bacon, though. Like, there's so many other things you can do with pork belly, like crispy See, he, he smokes it and seasons it, gets it right, whatever, then slices it and then portions it out and then puts it in the freezer and the vacuum seals it. Yeah. So he gets, like, half pound or one pound bacon, basically. Sure. Stuff. And he portions it out himself. That's a good idea, and I think it could be very good. The reason I would like that the most is because you can cut it, like, stupid thick. You know, you can cut your own really yeah. thick. I like it thin. I hate. I don't like thick cut bacon. Oh, I hate thin bacon. I mean, I like it crispy. I don't like a thick cut bacon. But, but I want know, it my problem is on the finished end. And I don't like. I don't like uh, belittling a company. Sure. There's certain meat butchery around here. Yeah. That does a great job on most things, but on bacon, they do not do a good job. Is it a certain butcher shop from the south on yes. off fifty five? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah. Most of their pork processing, I don't, I've, I've had an issue with mm-hmm. in the past. Now, David is go, will absolutely comment on this, I'm sure. I just don't like the way they cut a lot of the stuff, and I'm not a big fan of their breakfast sausage either. Um, I don't get different. it anymore. I just get everything ground up into ground pork. Really? Basically, except for the pork chops. You're like, put the bones and everything in there. Grind give, it Give all. me the bones. Give me the brains. Yeah, you got any Heinz beans with that ground? That's right. Bone so pork. So I was on a mission <clears throat> Saturday, and I didn't follow through on this mission. Okay. I was going Typical. over to Chubbs' house to get a couple cans of Heinz beans, and I was going to bring them to you to serve with your yeah. pulled pork. <laughs> and I even called Chubbs, and I'm like, I yeah. arranged to go pick them up. Really? And I never went. Just got too busy. We had stuff going on that day. We had a Christmas party. Yeah, that's true. So, how did that end up going? Great. Yeah, it's great. Like real good. (laughs) Yeah, real nice. Uh, It was very nice. Very nice. (laughs) May have overindulged in some. Did you sweet? This seems so surprising. Beverages seems so surprising to me that you would do that at a party. Yeah, traveling. Oh, don't say that. You can't say those words. <laughs> um, Nolan says Yoda and Miss Piggy, both played by Frank Oz. Frank Oz did all he, that he's stuff. He's the man. Frank Oz was also in a big name thing that I'm never going to remember right now. Um, Labyrinth. He played something in the Labyrinth. Yeah, he did lots of puppetry, right? Yeah, a lot with Jim Henson. Yeah. He did a lot with Jim Henson. And he was also the he was in the Blues Brothers when Jake... Blues was getting all of his stuff back, and he was saying, like... He was in a lot of other stuff, too. One black hat. He was in uh, Trading Places, according to this. One prophylactic used... Or he says soiled. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, no, he was in a bunch of stuff. Uh, Yeah, Dark Crystal. Did you say that? Oh, yeah. No, that's what I was thinking of. Dark Crystal, not Labyrinth. Dark Crystal. Muppets Christmas Carol. He was the executive producer. Really? Of, yes. I bet you that guy's got some cash. Director, Indian in the Cupboard. I loved that movie. I don't remember it at all. Really? I used to watch oh. that movie all the time. He directed up. all kinds of stuff, like The Stafford Wives. We talked about that last week. Frank he directed, directed Bowfinger. That? Interesting. Yeah. Bowfinger. That's a classic. Dirty Rotten movie. Scoundrels. What about Bob? He directed well, all of these. Little Shop of Horrors. Well, I feel like he's made a name. Little for Shop of Horrors, though, not horrors. Not, not horrors, horrors. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, X-rated. Yeah, real sketchy for the time. 
Um, anyway, uh, should we talk about some news before we get into our Christmas delights? Yeah, I think so. I don't have too much. There wasn't much that's happened really in between the huge like Disney dump and now um, because that took over the world. And after that happened, everybody's like, well, <laughs> we can't tell you anything because nobody's going to care about what we have to say now, except for one thing. A certain show from Disney has dropped. What? And it came after the season finale of The Mandalorian. You mean news about a certain show? Yeah, there is news that they dropped. They're going to drop a new show, another new show for Disney that they didn't talk about in the investor days. um, And that is going to be, what's it called? The The book? Book of Boba Fett. Yes. So... Nobody knew about this. And then the Mandalorian happened, like the season finale happened, and they had it at the end of the show. And, and the it whole, looks amazing. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. But uh, John Favreau went on Good Morning America. They interviewed him on Good Morning America as to why it, they waited. And what he said was, we didn't want to spoil the surprise during the big Kathleen Kennedy announcement of all the shows. Uh, during Investor's Day earlier in the month. So they let me keep that one a secret, Favreau explained on Good Good Morning America, referring to the post-credit stinger in the Mandalorian Season 2 finale. He also noted that the book of Boba Fett will premiere before Season 3 of The Mandalorian. Also, he clarified, because there was a lot of confusion, a lot of people thought that that meant Mandalorian Season 3 was just going to be the book of Boba Fett. Right, that's not the case. It is not the case. It is going to be two completely separate shows. Uh, They might cross over, but that I'm sure that that teaser just looks amazing. I mean, Bib Fortuna, yeah, taking over for Jabba, which I guess makes sense. But he's like becoming very Jabba-like. He was very big. He (laughs) was a large, large. He he put up a very little amount of resistance. I don't think he could move much. If people don't know, Bib Fortuna was like the right hand man of Jabba. He was the Twi'lek. He's got the (laughs) Dewanawanga. Yeah. That's what he's. That's the only uh, words. And I he's know he easily said. tricked by Jedi mind tricks, so he's he wouldn't be a good crime boss. Dumb as a brick. Yeah, because because Jabba couldn't be. You know, no, he didn't have a weak mind. But Bib Fortuna just dumb, weak minded. But he didn't die. You know, so. he brought. Um, he won his spot as Jabba's right hand man, and then he he gave him the rancor. He did. That's where Jabba got the rancor. It was a gift from Bib Fortuna. Wow, I didn't know that. How do you know that? You read a book about it or something? I just know a lot of things, a lot of trivia. Just picked it up along the way, yeah. along your travels. And then his the guy he was running against, he uh-huh. fed him to the rancor. Well, of course. What else would you do? I mean, come on. You can't have competition later in life. I you mean, it would have been way cooler. Him. I was going to say it would have been cooler if they fed Bib Fortuna to the rancor, but the rancor's dead. Yeah, they killed him. And that poor, well, hand, they. The pa- poor handler. He was very sad. Just crying. <laughs> he was large man crying at the mouth. And as of Luke Skywalker death. just runs by him, he's like, what up, bro? <laughs> yeah, see ya. Peace. Sorry about your dog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, it's coming. I thought it was a great scene uh, where he like obviously kills Bib Fortuna. Spoilers. Yeah. If you haven't seen the show, you're, but this is going to be spoiled basically all night. The Mandalorian will be spoiled. So if you don't want to hear that, you're just going to have to tune out because I'm going to talk about it every second I have the chance to. Well, I, I'm just super excited because I love, I don't, what's her name in the show? Fennec Shrand? 
Shand? I just know it's Fennec. Fennec Shand, I think. Uh, Ming-Na Wen is one of my favorite actresses, and yeah. uh, she's awesome in that role. She didn't get like a ton to do in a lot of the Mandalorian stuff, although I liked her in the episode before the finale, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited just to see her. And Nolan brought it up actually on Patreon. He mentioned she's like 56 years old, 57 yeah. years old, something like that. Like in her mid-50s, which she doesn't... looks like she's 38. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You look significantly older than she does. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, horrendously. I'm, a, I'm also not an Asian woman, but... I mean, I don't see that, though. Okay. So I think we're all the same. And you are horrendously old. <laughs> um, but no, that looks awesome. And I think... I hope. I mean, so they, she's going to be involved with it too. They didn't give I a guess. whole lot for Boba Fett to do either in the Mandalorian. He was just kind of like, uh, just kind of there. I think it was perfect mm-hmm. what they did with him. But I'm excited to see what more he's got to bring. Yeah, like what explore his story offer. and see what he can do. But she's going to be with him, right? Is yeah, she she's like, like his right hand man. She's like attached to his side now. For what reason? Because he saved her. He saved her life. Brought her back to life. And so she just was like, well, I dedicate she's got my a life. life to you now. Yeah, she's, she's got a life debt. Like, wow. like a Chewbacca. That kind of sucks. Isn't that what originally got them together? Something like that. Something I don't remember. I remember. Somebody's going to tell <laughs> they us. They met in that pit in yeah. Solo. The pit of despair. Yeah. That's not what The Sarlacc called. pit. Not that either. No, that wasn't <laughs> it either. We just keep saying pits. Um, that was one of my favorite scenes, though, in Solo. Was it? When he throws him in that pit, and yeah. then there's like the monster. The monster's the down monster's there. The monster's down there. It's Chewbacca. It's great. He is a monster. And he'll rip your arms off. Yes, he will. If what, What's that game? Uh, Sabek. Yeah. You don't, never beat him. You have to let him win. Don't cheat. Yeah. No, you well, have to let him win. Yeah. You have to let the Wookiee win or he'll rip your arms off. Uh, so the next little bit of news, it's just, it's not much, but there is another show coming to HBO Max um, that we've talked about previously. But it's called Gotham PD, and it's basically stylized after the Sorry. Gotham show. Sabic is not. That's the, the gambling game. Right. It's called something chess. Uh, oh, Dejeric is what it's called. Oh, you looked it up? Yeah. Or is somebody telling you? No, I looked it up. Oh. I can buy this, a set, chessboard set for this game, and I want to buy it. Now, right now, <laughs> yeah, I think one hundred and eleven dollars. It's oh, all hand carved. Cheap. That's cheap with eight For, figures. But do they move around? No, there should be motorized <laughs> to move around to place to place. Okay, that's not a good. Uh, um, you so can you, buy Sabic the card game too. We should get that. Yeah, absolutely. That's the game that Han Solo and that's what he wins. He beats Lando. Yes, to get to Sabic. win the uh, Millennium Falcon. Right. Yes. Anyway, Gotham PD. So it's coming to HBO Max. What I I never really looked into the show or anything. I just knew it was going oh, to be a ben, release. I knew Ben would get it. Dejarek. He got Dejarek. it. I'm probably saying it wrong. Dejarek. 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 But they have it. If you go to Disney and you do the Millennium Falcon Smugglers Run ride, you get to go into the Millennium Falcon yeah. when you're waiting to get on the ride. And it's sitting and there. It, yeah, it's like the the whole room. Because you go in in your group, because there's only groups of six or eight that yeah. fly in the Millennium Falcon. So your group of eight goes into like the room just next to the cockpit, and you could sit down at the chessboard, and you could do all the stuff. It's awesome. You know what they really need to implement in that room is the training 
like drone. <sighs> like they should have a drone. Why don't? You, why aren't you an Imagineer? That I am an Imagineer. I'm just not paid for it. <laughs> um, I imagine a lot of things that normally gets me like really weird looks, but that should be flying around, like hovering around in there. And if it could like tase you randomly, wouldn't that be great? Like yeah. shoot a laser at you, but it's actually like a taser and you get shocked. Yeah. And you could be like, don't tase me, bro. <laughs> I don't know why you would say that. You've got to have your training helmet on with the blaster shield down. Yeah. And you know, a lightsaber, of course, but I don't think they've been handing those out. A real one? Yeah. That seems a little dangerous, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, they give he Obi Wan gives it to Luke. He's staring like right down the barrel <laughs> yeah, of it. He has no idea what it is. Yeah, he all he has to do is push one button, and it's all dead. over. The whole series is <laughs> over with. The Skywalker saga is done. Oh, Ben says point. I think the drone will be in the Star Wars hotel. I don't care how much money it costs. Mm-hmm. I'm going to that Star Wars hotel. Yeah. We've you're talked like, about the details of this before. Do you oh, remember? Yeah, you're like immersed in the world. Yeah, there's no outside world. No. And Except for like, when you get on a transport ship and it takes you to Galaxy's Edge. That's it. That's, that's the it. only time you see the outside. But when you're in the hotel, even the windows are like looking out into space. It looks so amazing. It's unbelievable. I don't care how much it costs. It's irrelevant to me. Did you say elephant? It's irrelevant <laughs> to me. Um I don't know how they do that drone, but that would be super cool. It would be cool. The only problem with it is like with normal drones, you hear that like, you know, what seems to make flying. way more sense since he's got the blaster helmet on is to just make it VR. That's true. They should just have one in every room. That's a VR headset yeah. that you put on and you can do that. They're going to have to have like little, uh, like, what am I trying to say? Droids. Like, they're going to have to have little droids dr- like rolling around. Oh, yeah. Aren't they? They'll probably bring you your drinks. Like your room service. Oh, with the little RTD2 with the tray on his head. Yeah, that would be genius. Ben says three day experience estimates are $2,000 per person. I'm in. Just you? You can go with me. Yeah, I will go. We'll get the bunk beds. (laughs) (laughs) That's fine. Whatever we got to do, I'll be there. No, I mean, I'm definitely doing it. I don't know if I could do $2,000 per person and bring my kids. That's what I mean. Like, you're going to bring your whole family? I'm sure that 10 grand. I'm sure it's not two grand per kid, too. They'll probably give you a a deal on the kids. Yeah, 1,800. See, I looked it up, too, a while ago, and it it depends on the size of the room. Like, if you get a five person room with five people, it's like cheaper per person. Than a two-person room. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, we're doing it. Snarf Talk Road Trip. Is it open yet? That's, no. They didn't. It's not open. It's like close to being open though, right? I don't know when it's done. I thought it was supposed to be really close to being done. I bet you this whole pandemic thing, they pushed it back a lot. Why wouldn't they would push it forward probably? Because think how much more work they can get done. Um, it opens in 2021 sometime. So this year. Coming up. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. It really is. And I'm going there in February. Maybe it'll be open. It might be. You're not going to be able to go, though. No, probably not. I'll just pay him like $10,000. Or like, just like be like, all right, Marley, like you and the kids are going to stay over here. But tonight, I just I just bought three days. I got to go stay in this hotel <laughs> yeah. by myself. <laughs> Let's just walk up there and be like, I have a, a credit line at the bank <laughs> right. for a farming operation. Take it all. Yeah, just take 100% of my credit line so that I cannot farm this year. Um, can I talk about Gotham PD now? Sure, I guess. Right. It's not as fun, but... I'd... It's not. 
They already I, made a is, show called Gotham. I know. This is relatively interesting, though. And the two creators that made Gotham were saying that they already know that this show is exactly what they wanted to create. It's going to explore, like, all the dirty, like, nasty stuff that's happening in, happening in Gotham that they were not allowed to do because they were a network show on Fox. Fox that Fox show was pretty dark. Well, too. it was, but they they said, like, we could not explore what we wanted to because it was clearly a network show and we were never going to be allowed so like, to do it. They don't want Victor Zaz to be just like a random henchman. They want no, him to be he's like killing a, people. A Zaz serial like, murderer. Yes. And so Gotham PD has said that they are going to explore that. But what I think is really neat is that it is set in the exact same time frame of the Matt Reeves's Batman. Right. And it's set to be a prequel to the Batman. So he's going to be like a new, like a new, you know, vigilante. I, I guess, hope or Robert Pattinson doesn't plan on ever working on anything else again, because it seems I like know. they're setting a whole universe around him. Yeah. And the same with um, the guy that's playing commissioner Gordon, he's going to have to be in that show. Yeah. It, but he's not as uh no, a, I know. A I'm, list. I'm just saying, like, he's I wonder if he's basically got to set aside the next. Is like, he still 10 years. on Westworld, or did he get killed off? It's canceled, isn't it? I don't, they, I don't know. I thought they canceled it after the third season. Nolan would know. He watches that show. I missed the last season. I didn't watch two or three. I started season two, but I just yeah, I fell out. I didn't. Real I didn't love it. No, it's pretty slow. Anyway. So, but it's that sounds really interesting to me. I didn't realize it was going to be a prequel to the movie, and they're setting up this whole world now and like a universe just between those two shows, and that's going to be interesting. But it's coming after the movie's supposed to release, so we get the Batman supposed to release like release like March of twenty one, and then um, this show on HBO Max. I'm in. Yeah. Speaking of HBO Max, I just got an email today uh, because I've had I'm a DC subscriber and HBO Max. So I was getting HBO for four ninety nine a month. That was yeah. part of the deal. Yeah. And and DC was like seventy bucks a year. Um so it was a great freaking deal. Yeah, absolutely. And it ended today. They canceled my oh. DC account. I don't know why. Apparently I didn't subscribe to some terms and conditions in October. Like you had to go resubscribe and accept the terms and conditions, which I didn't do. So it didn't auto replenish my account. Yeah. But it doesn't matter anyway because I think the deal was only for one year, so it ended. So now I'm paying fourteen ninety nine a month for HBO. Yep, I don't know. That's tough. If I can justify it right now, but but the anyway. problem is, is that they're gonna keep throwing out movies and shows and stuff. Constantly. I'll probably I mean, keep maybe it. They've already released, but I don't know if I'm long for the DC universe world. Maybe what we should do is both split a DC and HBO subscription. That could be an interesting. Situation. Well, you don't need to get DC anymore. Yeah, if I want to watch unlimited, read unlimited comics. I do go on there sometimes and read some old comics and stuff. Do you? Mm-hmm. I didn't even know you could still read. Yep. Well, that's good. Proud of you. <laughs> um, anyway, what else you got? Uh, so, and speaking of, I like to see Ben Martin commenting because he's the only person that I know that was a professional wrestler. He was? Yep. I didn't know this. I used to go see him wrestle in uh, Cornfest and some other places, and it was awesome. Really? Yeah. What was his wrestling name? I don't remember. Could you Maybe comment, could... please, Ben? Because I'd love to know your wrestling name. Did not know that you wrestled. Uh, 
Ted Martin, Ted was a, he was the referee. He was a referee. I knew that for sure. Cause I remember that, but I did not know Ben was one of the wrestlers yeah. involved. It was awesome. So they set up their whole like own world of wrestling. Yeah. It was amazing. Wow. What was it called? Martin, Martin and Martin wrestling federation. I don't, I don't remember. He'll have to chime in anyway. MWF. <laughs> wow. That would have been, that could take off. Let's start it. Snarf wrestling? Yeah. We could just be like the promoters. I'm not super interested in being a wrestler. No, no, no. I want no part of that. Seems like a lot of work. Oh, gosh. I don't want to. I don't. No. I don't want that. I just want to be a promoter. Yeah. Like the. Like, uh, a, like, a, like the Joe Rogan. We could be the Joe Rogans. Yeah. I was thinking about league. that. I was thinking about that guy that does boxing all the time with the hair that stands up. Oh, Don King? Don King. Yeah. I was thinking like being somebody like him. Yeah. As a wrestling promoter. I'm in. All right. Deal. All right. What else you got? So Wonder Woman, you know, is coming out and uh did come out overseas. It did come out overseas. Do you have any information on that? I do. Okay, about China's release? It did I do. Okay. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it wasn't good. Well it wasn't pretty. The complaint that they had in China was that it was too much of a love story and not enough action. Well, I, what, I didn't read the complaints or the reviews. The reviews on Rotten Tomatoes are generally very good. It's getting like 89% somewhere around yeah. there on Rotten Tomatoes. Reviews have been pretty good. Um, so I'm not too worried about it. I just know the numbers there, I think they made $30 million overseas. Hmm. Um, they were expecting a lot more than that. And they're bracing for impact in the United States for a devastating impact. Really? Of basically very little revenue from that. Now, will it bring new HBO Max subscribers? Is it enough? I doubt it. With the Roku release, maybe that's going to help. Um, I haven't seen... They need to get on the ball with advertising right. since this movie comes out in like three days. You never see anything about it. No. I really don't. I mean, I only see stuff about it because I'm on like comic book resource and stuff like those type of websites. So I'll see things about it just like I did with this one. But... You don't see actual advertisement for the show. The problem is you'll see a lot of people do the seven-day free trial, watch the movie, and then bounce. Yeah. Of course, they're probably planning on a certain amount of those people forgetting that they did the seven-day free trial because nobody's ever in the history of a seven-day free trial cut it off. No, absolutely (laughs) not. You always forget about it and pay for at least two months. Yeah. Minimum. Um, So I'm reading this just to get a little bit better idea. Well, what she said was, so Patty Jenkins came out and said that people should prepare that Wonder Woman 1984's ending is getting like a subversive ending. It's the ending that she wanted to do in the beginning, like for the first movie, but she wasn't allowed to. And now with this movie, she's able to to do the type of ending that she wanted to. Good. Because the last ending was terrible. Yes, and she agrees. So I'll take a subversive ending, whatever that means. I'll take that any day. Uh, Good, that sounds more interesting to me. I'm in. The only complaints I've seen uh, people say is that it felt overindulgent and cliche. But it's a comic book movie. It's a comic book movie. They all feel a little cliche. Because it says Jenkins' issue with the... with the film's much criticized ending led her to giving 1984 the ending she wanted for its predecessor. Uh, what that is, I don't know. Obviously nobody's going to know until we watch the movie, but she's very happy about it. She said it has 
like a big battle with visual effects, which is kind of like the last one. So this is what I, I read here. Wonder Woman 84 can achieve some of those things, but mostly it reminds us how badly we could use a superhero right now. A fantasy turn back time and fix the situation savior. And in that sense, it's at once a fizzy pop art distraction and a major downer. Wow. I don't care about its relation to coronavirus. <laughs> Stop it. Well, this, right. This is, like, this is what all the critics are going to be talking about. And I'm just like... It doesn't need to relate to anything the besides en- Wonder Woman. The entertainment and industry the just needs to stop being obnoxious. Just, I'm in. It looks like a... I like the fizzy pop art distraction part of that. It looks very 80s, and I'm into it that. It does. And I'm, I'm super excited about it, and I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, and that, it's going to come out in, what, three days? I'm, I'm going to think about seeing it in the theaters if there's even one open. I don't know if there is. I don't know. Will County's kind of shut down. Well, um... Anyway, so that comes out on Christmas Day. If Christmas you're not an Day, HBO yeah. Max subscriber, that's a good time to get yourself a seven-day free trial. Get you some. HBO uh, Max. That was the last thing I had. I had one other of. thing that um, I f- found to be a bit of a disappointment to me, although it's premature for me to say that. Okay. I heard a little bo- bit about more about the She-Hulk series coming to Disney+. Plus. Uh-huh. And it is said that it is going to be a half-hour legal comedy. What? Yeah. So I'm not crazy about the half-hour part. No. And I hope by comedy they just mean comedic elements. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want it to be like a... Like Boston a, legal. <laughs> like well, a 30-minute Boston legal. I love Boston legal. I know you do, but, but I don't, I don't I just meant I don't want it to be a sitcom. I guess when I heard comedy, I thought sitcom-y. Which, now that I'm thinking about it more, surely it's not a sitcom. No. So, I just hope they take that with a bit more seriousness. Mm -hmm. Because it's a perfect show to tie in other shows. Because she represents superheroes lots of times. She does. And I like the lawyer aspect, obviously, because she is a lawyer. I just don't want them to dwell on that and us not actually see She-Hulk do, like, She-Hulk things. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I guess... uh, the Incredible Hulk, Lou Ferrigno show was a half hour. Yeah, I know, but he was also like turning into the Hulk and destroying things right away. Yeah. It happened right off the bat. And it wasn't a legal comedy. No, it wasn't at all. There was so no like comedy. Night Court, She-Hulk style. Yeah. Is she, yeah, I guess. Instead, but instead of being like, I think of her as the bull, you know, like bull was the bailiff, the big, tall, strong yeah. guy. But she's going to be an actual lawyer. Uh, I'm yeah, I'm still excited about it, but it kind of put my enthusiasm a little bit on the brakes. So we'll see. We're a long ways out from that. So let's give it some more time. We are. That was also, I don't know how, I think it was the creator that said that, but I'm not 100% sure. So anyway, any other news for you? No, that's all I got. Okay. Christmas time is here. Lots of fun. Oh wait, no. Is that what it is? I don't know. Lots of. I feel like you (laughs) did the right first word. Lots of thing. I don't know. Um. All right. What do you want to do first? The fourteen non-Christmas Christmas movies or the ranker list? Let's do the ranker list first because I feel more. I I think I'm going to enjoy the fourteen non-Christmas Christmas movies. All right. We're going to do the top twenty 
according to Ranker. According right. to Ranker. We're gonna we're gonna That's a terrible website name. Well it's they rank things. I know, but they're I the just, ranker. It reminds me of a rancor. <laughs> Number twenty. One that I watched recently. Home Alone Two, Lost in New York. We just watched it on Saturday. You know what? In some ways, I think I like it. A little bit better? A little bit better than the original. I Although it is the exact same movie. Like the same gags, 100%. the same setups, but you get one thing out of that movie. The pigeon lady. Well, you do get the pigeon lady. I like And her. their message of friendship. Right. <laughs> yes. Um, no, the dude from Clue. What's his name? Oh. Uh, I can't believe I can't think of his oh name. Oh, my gosh. And he was guy. in Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. And like Congo. Yes, and Congo. Um, Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Timothy Curry. It is so ridiculous to me that they meet this small boy with such opposition. Instead of like calling the police and being concerned. And just allowing him to go to a a room (laughs) right away. They're like, oh, oh, okay, yeah, your parents. That that? I'm fine with. It's the malice which they have for him. (laughs) Right off the bat. That just blows my mind every time I watch it. Um, it is a really good movie. I, I can't say it's better than the original, but it's very good. It is very good. I, don't I watch like them back to back because you're going to be like shaking your fist at how they're the exact same movie. Right. I have watched them back to back. We did. We did too recently. And it's fine. It is what it is. Yeah. The Home Alone movies are just whatever. Um, I've always enjoyed it's them. The I music, think they're fun. Man. The music's great. Uh, Macaulay Culkin's da, da, great. Da, da, He's da, da. very good. Da, da, da. Dun, 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 dun. It's Danny Elfman, I think, isn't it? I'm, he did literally every score of every movie in the 90s. Except so. for John Williams. But I'm in the 90s. John Williams did stuff in the 90s. Very little. Star Wars. There was no 90s Star Wars movie. The prequels? Wasn't that like early 2000s? Um, let's see. 99 was Phantom Menace, I think. 98. Okay. Um, okay, number 19 is... A Christmas Carol. Uh, skip it. Yeah. And it's like the 80, 1984 television film adaption of Charles Dickens. Blah. <laughs> <laughs> Number 18, White Christmas, 1954. Did you, do you know this movie? Do you remember this movie? I know I've seen it, but I don't remember I don't think anything I've ever about seen it. it. Bing Crosby. I know the guy. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. The bass kind of cracked me up there. Yeah, I can see you're getting really worked up about this Just like the ones I used to know. That is the, I believe I read this earlier today, the number one selling single of all time. Really? Bing Crosby's White Christmas? Yes, I believe that is correct. It's a good song. 50 million... if you talk about like good Christmas songs, I enjoy that song. It's all There's right. Something about that guy's voice, you know. Yeah. Good old Bing. He's me and Bing bum, bum, at it again. Anyway, number seventeen, a nightmare before Christmas. Isn't this a Halloween movie? You know, people go back and forth, but it's definitely a Christmas but, movie. I know, but then we saw it on a Thanksgiving list. So what is it? Folks, I don't know, but I'm not a fan of it. No, I've never been a fan of that movie. I don't get it. I don't get why people are so obsessed with it. Me either. I I liked it originally when it 
like when I first saw it the first 10 times, let's say. But then I've watched it recently as an adult, a past 25-year-old adult, because we all know, you know, when before you're 25, you're dumb as a brick. It's just proven. It's a science thing. Uh, and I realized how incredibly short that movie is. You start watching it, I think it's less than 90 minutes. It's very short. Really? And there's no substance to it. So we got a couple comments on that. It's um, not good. Home Alone was John Williams. It was? Yes, we were being told by Janet. Oh, my gosh. Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny, I can't say that word, K, Danny K. Uh, what, what word can't you say? Effin. Oh. I, I mean, I can. I can't say that, but I'm not going to. Right, you shouldn't. Um, we say it all the time. All right, number 16, <laughs> I believe, was on my top 10 list, and it is Scrooged. Scrooged. Yeah, Murray. you did like that a that lot. That is a movie that I love. And you know, I think I've only seen it one time. I should watch it again. Richard Donner? Because I believe that it is a very good movie. He did Superman, right? Yes. He also did Scrooged. Really? What are you looking at there? We got a new Patreon subscriber. That Ooh, just popped up on ding. your phone, and I noticed new $10 Patreon subscriber. Thank you to whoever it was. I didn't see the name, but I appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thanks for doing that. Now, she said, watched it for the first time as an adult, didn't care for it, except the score by Danny Elfman. <laughs> so Danny Elfman must have done the score for uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Yes. Um, nice. All right. Scrooged. Awesome. 15 was a movie I literally watched tonight. Really? Before coming here. Okay. The Polar Express. Oh, Polar Express. It's fine. I'm not a fan. No, not I at all. I don't know why that other kid on the train, they make him sound like that. <laughs> I don't remember what he They give him like. like a weird voice. It drives me crazy. Um, it's fine. I've went it, on yeah, the Polar Express train in Chicago. Boy, that's a ripoff. Do not do that. Um, I've heard people say they had such a good time doing that. <sighs> I'm telling you what. Don't go. you just get on a legitimate train? You get on a train. They give you hot chocolate. You go the one way. You go back the other way. And you go back the other way. If you look out the window, you see tunnels full of graffiti and riffraff. Yeah. It's terrible. Riffraff. <laughs> I don't want that. I mean, I wasn't a fan. But I'm not, not a fan of the movie either. So. And Santa Claus comes onto the train too, right? You know, I don't know if I've ever seen it all the way through. No, I'm saying like in the Polar oh, yeah. Express yeah. experience. I, think, I don't remember. Robert Zemeckis, though. Yeah. Did he mean, do uh, um, Tom Back to the Future, right? Robert Zemeckis? Yes. Tom Hanks is like the main, you know, guy. It's He's fine. fine. Number 14 is 2000's Jim Carrey version, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It's a good version. It is a good version, and he does a very good job. And I was just reading... Um, an article about how he was getting ready to just leave the film because he could not handle the fact that he had to wear this makeup. No, it's the other way. He wanted to wear the makeup. They didn't want him to. No, he was going insane from having to oh, get really? this makeup put on him for such a, it was such a long process of him getting the makeup on. And then he had to wear it all day, do the filming. And then it was a huge process to get it off of him at night. And they ended up hiring a CIA, an ex CIA person to teach him like how to calm himself down, like torture tactics on how to calm yourself down. Hmm. And he actually like had like, it was almost like therapy sessions with this guy every day to get himself to calm down. 
Like he was stayed in character all the time too. Yeah, he's like that. Which he always does. But yeah, he had a really tough time and he about quit the film. I liked it. I like the new animated version that Scott Moser did. Um, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Scott Moser, you but it's good. Oh, man. At first, when I f- first started watching that one, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this because I didn't like the the, the like trap music. Yeah, they do know? that, but I love the, the animation's really good. But the animation's great. The story's really fun. I liked that one a lot. Yeah. Gra- Graham will watch that all the time. I would say, I dare I say, I liked it more. I agree with you. Number 13 is my favorite Christmas movie of all time, A Muppet Christmas Carol. Nice. What a heartwarming movie. Is it? Yes. I don't remember. It's like, it's so good. Do they save a child? Uh, I mean, Tiny Tim. It's, it's a Christmas a Carol. It's that oh, story. Oh, it's like the legit Christmas yeah. Carol story. Okay, now I get it. You've really never seen it. No, I, I don't think I ever have. Um, it's good because it's the legit Christmas Carol story, but it's hilariously funny-ish. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. It's Muppets funny. funny. It's good. It's really good because it's got... And also, they break the fourth wall all the time, Rizzo and Gonzo. Oh, they do? Yeah, they're like the narrators. Okay. It's very good. I, I enjoy it greatly. Plus, it's got Michael Caine. He's in it? Yeah, he's Scrooge. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He would be a good Scrooge. He is a good Scrooge. And <laughs> I think that man would do a good job. What's the other dude? Bob Cratchit or whatever? But like the guy that works for. Yeah. That's something like that. Kermit the Frog. Know. Oh. It's great. Dude, you got to watch this I'm movie. I'm going to have to go watch this movie. And think. it's heartwarming. And maybe a little bit of nostalgia mm-hmm. because it's one I've watched as, as a child. But. Sure, sure. Number oh, 12, yeah. Miracle on 34th Street. I'm not interested. Mm, my mom loved that movie. We watched it a lot. I'm just not into it. I didn't really care for the Santa Claus guy myself. Yeah. I mean, it's fine if you want a legal courtroom drama about Santa Claus. <laughs> That's what it is. Right? That's what it is. <laughs> um, number 11, Frosty the Snowman, the 1969 Rankin and Bass animated Frosty the Snowman. Yeah, it's fine. I don't mm-hmm. really remember it specifically. Went back than- and watched that. A couple years ago, and it's it's a tough sit. Is it? Yeah. All those Rankin and Bass stuff. It's more nostalgic than anything. That's what it is. Number 10, they got Die Hard. They do? Yep. Number 10, Die Hard. This is the controversial one. Yeah, that's big time controversial. And I don't like that. I don't like it as number 10. If you would have put it right away, yeah, like as 15 or 20 or whatever we started at, I'd be like, okay, well, that you shouldn't do that, but I'm at least it it's as, lower on the list. I'm ranking but. it on, as a Christmas movie, which I don't even think it is technically because it came out in July. But um, as a movie, it's great because Alan, yeah. Alan Rickman is amazing. Of course. Um, number nine is a good one. The Santa Claus. <sighs> Tim Allen. I really enjoy that. And Under, underappreciated movie. Here's the deal. I, I've seen some like some deep cuts in this movie, like people talking about secrets in this movie. Wow. If you watch it, there's, so it was a setup the whole time. So like they chose him as Santa Claus. It wasn't like, so, you know, you see Santa Claus fall off the roof and he dies and he picks up the card and says, you know, the Santa Claus is that he's going to be Santa now, but they chose him to be Santa. So it was like a setup. He basically like said, I don't want to be Santa anymore. And we're going to pick this guy because in the beginning of the films, there are elves stationed in certain points of the film before he ever becomes Santa. 
and while he's like getting to be Santa Claus, but there's certain elves in the backgrounds of scenes watching him the whole time. And then all of those elves show up at the end of the movie when he finally flies away, like at the end of the movie, all of those elves that are hidden throughout the film come together and watch him fly away. And then they like hold hands and skip away with each other. It made a whole new dimension to this movie for me, and I love it even more. Uh, a lot of action on that. Ryan says, love Tim Allen. Agreed. Oh, yeah. And great movie. Uh, Bugs, but first he said, love Tim Sleep. Tim Sleep. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call him forever now. <laughs> and Bug says, Caleb Cost says, cheers, boys. Cheers. Cheers, Caleb. Mr. Patreon Caleb, subscriber. I don't have any drinks, unfortunately. Oh, I do. Here, cheers. <sighs> Ooh, man. I keep forgetting mine. All right. Number eight is It's a Wonderful Life. Do you feel like people just say these things because when they have to? will it go away? <laughs> when will it stop? Because I just feel like people force themselves to say these dumb movies. Yeah. I know they're classics when TV didn't have anything else to play. You know, like when you had no other movies to play and there was only like... Three total yeah, back, Christmas back movies. Back when they played this movie, it was like the whole day of Christmas, the TV was just like the emergency broadcast signal in the background because yeah. nothing was on. And exactly. then that movie came on at 7 o'clock. And then after it, emergency broadcast signal. And, and it was the only thing that your family could do. Like yeah. It was like, oh, it's the big production of It's a Wonderful Life. We all have to sit down. And they would watch it. And that's why it was so great. But it just... He got to see his life from a different vantage point. Jerry. Right. I understand that. That's fine. <laughs> it's not a wonderful movie. Um, number seven, um, controversial one for both me and you, because we have famously been on record, at least I have, I think you too, uh, if, is not loving this movie as much as some other people, apparently. A Christmas Story. Oh, no. It's, you'll shoot your eye out. It, yeah, it's that's a hard, fine. It's a hard sit for me. I'm going to be honest. Leg lamp. We get it. But it's it's the same thing as like it's a wonderful life and a Christmas Carol or a, a White Christmas like all well, of those things. It, it's it's a little different than that, but no, it's not. It just they don't play anymore. Maybe like maybe if you maybe take we're it for, a bunch of bah humbugs. I understand there are certain people that hold it as like a nostalgic. I mean, it's type a lot of, newer than those movies. It's yeah, from the eighties. It is, but I still think it's like overplayed and done. Like yeah. there's better movies out there. All right, uh, I agree. Number six, get out of here with this one. A Charlie Brown Christmas. We are also very against Charlie <laughs> Brown. Um, I'm going to tell you what, it's a bunch of Charlie Brown dog shit. That's what it is. Yeah, it really is. I mean, the, I want to say, no, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. But it's not. It's not. I'm not a fan. Just like the big pumpkin or the great pumpkin and... All that kind of stuff. Snoopy's the best character. The only character. He's the only character I care about because Woodstock. he's like the comic relief. He's fine. Yeah, and Woodstock's great. Um, the the actual people, it's they're just, just very depressed. Uh, number five, another Rankin and Bass stop motion classic. Rudolph. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Better than Frosty. I tell you what, it is a lot better, and I'll watch that one. It's not bad. I've watched it with the boys. I did last year. I think we'll do it again. I think I'll do it again. It's not bad. Number four, Home Alone. I mean. I can't argue. I think it was my number two. It was probably in my 
Definitely in my top five. It was in the top five. Top three. Home Alone's great. I never liked that movie as much as I do as an adult. Like, I didn't... I wasn't, like, huge into it when I was a kid. I appreciate it. Weirdly, I appreciate it more as an adult. I like it, like, more every year that I watch it. That's strange. I, I mean, I like it a lot, too, and I have appreciated it more as an adult, I think, but I enjoyed it a lot as a kid. Yeah. And Grady loves it. He'll watch... We didn't watch it much as a kid. My mom thought it was rude. It was a rude movie. It is. <laughs> it is very rude. It's got a great message, though. It's very heartfelt. What's the message that you think is really great? Like, when forgetting the, when your his children... mom comes back, and, like, it's all about, like, but yeah, I know family and... Yeah, how they hated him Being beforehand, and they were just very mean That's to him. The, and the then growth, they all learn to appreciate only because they completely forgot about they didn't a child. Forget they the other kid was in the van, and they counted him. The neighbor kid, the neighbor That's kid right. that was bugging the van driver. I know, but the they, daughter was counting, and she saw the hat, which was the same hat. Here's the deal. But do you know where he was at prior to this? They locked him in the attic. They locked him in the attic because he was a little jerk. Look what you <laughs> did, you little jerk. jerk. Like, I'm going to tell you what. Like 30 people in a house and everybody sleeps in? Everyone. Everyone. Every single person. Because my kid gets up at like 5 a.m. to play freaking Nintendo Switch. Yep. So. <laughs> yeah, my kids do too. I tell you what, last night though, uh, two out of the three boys were gone. Amy was gone. She went to LaSalle, spent the night, went shopping with a friend. And it was just me and Graham. And Graham fell asleep real early in the bed. It was a great night. You seemed like you were having a great time last I night. I was having a great time. <laughs> it was fun. Um, number three? Is it three yes, already? number oh, three wow. is like an instant classic. Elf. That is a good one. So good. Here's my thing. I have a, I have a Hollywood crush, and it is Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, and I enjoy her voice. I enjoy her quirky acting, but she is the same person in everything except for Elf. She was kind of a different. Yeah, she was kind of a dick. Yeah, she was a little I, off-putting. I also like uh, Mary Steenburgen. Who's she that? Is oh, the mom. The mom. She's very good. Oh, and she plays with him in Step Brothers too. Yeah, I love when she starts singing at the end, and yeah. she like is a terrible singer. I yes, know, I like that. Elf James Con, great as the grumpy dad. All of Elf is very good, but it's another one of those movies where I was so surprised after seeing it now again, like later in life, how short it is. It's short. It's good. a pretty it short movie. Short. Bob Newhart. Love oh, it. I mean, I've used to watch the Peter Bob Newhart Dinklage. Show. Yeah, he's in it too. John Favreau, come on, it's all good. Bob Newhart, I, used I love to watch that the guy. Bob uh, show the Gimbal's manager, Faison Love is his name. Yeah, where he comes storming over to him, so what are you doing? Get back to work. Artie Lang, it's just a great cast. Kyle Gass is in it. I didn't even know that he is. Where? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's oh um, yeah, pitching yeah. a book. Yeah, he's him. one of the writers. Yeah. Oh man, good, 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 good movie. Um, all right, let's go on to number two. What do you think? Number two. Might be your number one. Oh, Christmas Vacation. Christmas Vacation. I'll tell you what, we watched, we watched started watching it again the other night. I, I, it's grown on me. It's grown on me. There, every scene of the show it's is funny. like a classic scene it, that it you is. can remember. I do. I like it. I got a Griswold, um, <laughs> the 
the Blackhawks jersey that yeah. says Griswold on the back yeah. because um, there's something going on at Christmas. I have to wear it. I've been instructed. Anyway, and Amazon, I ordered one. It was like $22. It's I'm like, this cheap. is going to be like a cheap yeah. thing. It's like a legit hockey jersey. Is it really? Yeah. And it says Griswold on the back. Yeah. So if you want a hockey jersey cheap, just buy that one for $22 on Amazon. And it's like a legit hockey jersey. I will get one. It's pretty sweet. I kind of want it now. Yeah. One of my favorite mo- parts of the movie is where he says, Grace, they want you to say the grace. And then she says, I pledge allegiance to the flag. And everybody stands up and puts their hand over their heart and says the Pledge of Allegiance. It is. It's a good movie. <laughs> Uh, number one is the 1966 animated version of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Is it really? That is what's number one on this list. It's a good movie. Don't get me wrong. Wow. I, I enjoy it quite a bit. I don't know that I put it at, at number one, but... Um, Janet says, what do you guys have against Charlie Brown? LOL. Ed Asner as Santa was hilarious. Ed Asner in Elf. Santa and Elf. Not in Charlie Brown. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... <laughs> Yeah, I read two comments back to back, but Charlie Brown, I just go back to our Thanksgiving episodes. I mean, if we, I'm, I'm just we elaborate on it, but it's just Christmas. No, when we were talking about Thanksgiving, like during our Thanksgiving episode, we talk oh, about Charlie Brown's yeah. great pumpkin, and we really dive deep into why we hate uh, the Charlie Brown movies, and it it's really about like a depressed kid that is just tormented by this mean girl that she doesn't care about him in the slightest. And what, and it's just not exciting or entertaining. No, but what, me. what did the writer say? You said something like what the writer, the actual creator of peanuts said about what it was about. It was about like depression. Yeah. And Charlie Brown is clearly <laughs> severely depressed yeah. and that's sad. So uh, some other notable ones that they didn't have in the top 20, but I will just point out that I really liked is jingle all the way. It's a good one. It is. Bad Santa should be in the top 10. Ooh, Bad Santa's very nah, good. It's, a good it's not really a family-friendly movie, though. Uh, I like Mickey's Once Upon a Christmas to watch with the kids. That's a good one. Um, the Grinch they got on here, the, the new one. The Old Grinch is the very first movie on that list, huh? Yep. Hmm, I don't know if I can stand by that. So anyway, that's what they got. You want to move on to the best yep. non-Christmas Yes, Christmas this is the movies? one I'm excited about. All right. Number one. On the, they're not ranked. They're just oh, they listed. Are. Okay. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is like a movie people watch at Christmas time? Absolutely, yeah. People do, and there's a big controversy. People think it's a Christmas movie. People think it's not a Christmas movie. Now, For Harry Potter? Yeah. I did not know well, that. Well, a lot of that movie... Um, it happens in the wintertime. During Christmas, because he's like he doesn't have a home to go to, so he's yeah. there over Christmas. But a lot of the Harry Potter movies, there's Christmas things in them. Mm-hmm. Like one of them, there's like the winter ball. Yeah. I so because it's they're in school all year long. So this is my argument why Harry Potter movies aren't Christmas movies, is because... Well, it's not all year, because at the beginning of most movies, he starts out with his aunt and uncle. That's what I'm saying. The movies are the school year. So of course, oh, Christmas yeah. is going to be a part of that. Okay, yeah. But right. I think I don't know if that's the one where they get like the gifts from Ron's mom, like I remember they get sweaters that. and stuff. I don't think it's that one though. But anyway, um, sure. Some people think it's a Christmas movie. I, I don't think so necessarily, but it, it does have some Christmas elements to it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, Carol, I've never heard of. Uh, mean Girls. 
I don't know what that has to do with Christmas. I, it's a great movie. Well, it doesn't time, have to have anything to do with Christmas. They're just non-Christmas movies that people watch at Christmas. Christmas time influences a large portion of Mean Girls' plot, including one pivotal scene where Katie, Regina, Gretchen, and Karen don skimpy red and white outfits and hit the talent show stage to perform a dance to Jingle Bell Rock. This two-minute sequence is important to the plot. Okay, yeah, that's true. I know it's a, a lot movie. of people, I know grown men that enjoy the movie Mean Girls. I enjoy I the think movie it's, Mean Girls. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's great. You should see it. It's really, really funny. Oh, okay. Yeah. There you go. I want to see the Broadway show, Mean Girls. They made it into a they Broadway did? show. Yeah. It's really oh. popular. Uh, Catch Me If You Can. That's a Leo DiCaprio yeah. movie? Yeah. I don't remember. Um, I do remember Snow at one point when he's like... Yeah, I don't remember anything about Christmas. I just remember him being like a thief and on a plane. Uh, it all builds to eventually getting into a tiny town of France on December 25th. Naturally, Merry Christmas, Abigail explains when Henry finds him as a phony check shootout, the printing press. That's the thing I'm thinking of when he's in the snow. Yeah. But that's about it. Okay. The Apartment. Um, that's that 1960s like romantic comedy. I, I don't I don't remember. I don't know that one. It's got Jack Lemon in it and won a bunch of Academy. Jack Lemon. He's great. Wow. Grumpy Prome- old men. Prometheus. What? Prometheus? Yeah. Humans are allowed to celebrate Christmas in space. And besides, what is Prometheus if not the story of a bunch of scientists following a map in the stars to a planet where an infertile woman has an inexplicable birth? That's a very good point. Uh, <laughs> It's a convoluted metaphor. Yes, it is. (laughs) Uh, Here is one that um, the director of is famous for setting his movies during Christmas. And that director is Shane Black. And one of those movies is Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Oh, I thought you were going to say Predator. No, but that might be during Christmas. Who knows? I don't know. It could be. Kiss Kiss Bang Bang does take place during Christmas. That is a good movie. I enjoy that movie thoroughly. It is so fun. Um. The far and away best non-Christmas Christmas movie ever made was also made by Shane Black. What? Iron Man 3. I guess I didn't realize Shane Black made Iron Man 3. Oh, yeah, he did. I forgot about that. Um, I don't remember Christmas stuff about it, but sure. It takes place during Christmas, apparently. Uh, Goodfellas. That is during Christmas. Um, Boy, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. It's a long one. Um, let's see what else we got. We have some isn't that the you talking to me? No, yeah. it isn't. Yeah, that's good, fellas. Is it? Yeah, that's Joe, Joe Pesci. Pesci. Yeah. Uh Batman Forever. That's the one we had both on our list, I believe. Or you did and I didn't. No, 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 no. Not Batman Forever. Batman Returns. Oh, okay. That's my argument. Batman Returns is during Christmas time. There's snow. They have a holiday parade or something i'm sorry i'm not this says batman forever but they're talking about batman returns yes because it says tim burton movie michael keaton led and the picture is michael keaton yeah and it says batman forever those idiots <laughs> yes batman returns absolutely is a christmas movie and i will go to my grave saying that because it is i mean obviously it's a batman movie too but it's all set during christmas yeah uh i agree gremlins Yes, absolutely. Gremlins is too because I brought that up during our top ten. It's definitely a Christmas movie. I brought it up he's during a Christmas our, gift. Right? You didn't allow me to put it in my. I don't think that's true. 
You, Somebody listen back and prove him wrong. You did not allow me. We talk about it. We talk about it in that episode, but I love Gremlins, and it is a Christmas movie. All right. Here is a good one. All right. I like good ones. One of my friends has just said definitively next year he is wearing this outfit to our next year's Christmas party. Really? Uh, trading Places. I have never seen it. You've... I this world is ending. <laughs> the podcast is over. I think I had it We're on separating. my 80s comedies list. I know I did. Did you? Yeah. Um, it takes place during the holidays. Dan Aykroyd wears a dirty Santa suit. I think he's got like a fish in his pocket. Oh, really? <laughs> it's great. I've never seen it. Uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, we already said. Edward Scissorhands. Oh, yeah. Another Tim Burton one. Tim Burton likes Christmas time. He does. And Edward Scissorhands is a Christmas movie, too. That's What a great movie that is. It's I very need to strange. rewatch that. It's a very strange I feel film. like it's not as good as we all remember it being. I, I've seen it not too long ago. I mean, within the last couple of years. Really? And uh, it, it's just a very strange movie, right? Because... Johnny Depp's character as Edward Scissorhands is just a weird dude. Um, and there was like a lot of experiments done to him. And then him trying to become a normal person is not normal. Like nothing about it is normal. All the people in the town are weird. Right. You know, it's just like a different universe that they're living in. Very but much it so. is, it's fun. I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. I need to rewatch it. Die Hard, of course, on the list. Um, the director of Die Hard recently came out and said definitively that he did intend it to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. Liar. Liar. Yeah. Um, it, it's a Christmas movie that isn't really a Christmas movie is what they say on this list. Sure. Right. Um, skipping that one. Bridget Jones Diary. Don't care. Basically every Harry Potter movie ever made. They always do a Christmas movie in every movie. A Christmas scene. I don't think they do in the last two, but... Um, Boy, I just rewatched the last two Harry Potter movies, the one that's like a two-parter. Yeah. They're slow. They're good. So that's what I've heard. But they're slow. And I haven't seen them yet. I still haven't got that far in the Harry Potter uh, world, but that's what um, Kevin Smith was talking about. It. He's like, the whole like first movie with the whole like walking around the woods and stuff part, he's like, just real long, unnecessary. <laughs> it is really long. And for him to say that... The guy who has so much exposition in movies where that can get lengthy and yeah, but he's a cutter. He he cuts, he cuts a up lot. stuff a lot. I'm just saying there's usually scenes where there's just so much dialogue that it really weighs down on you and can get boring. Um, he he had said like, but them walking around the woods, there's literally no talking at all. He's like, it's just them wandering around, depressed and confused. Is it? Yes. Because I haven't seen it yet. They have no idea what they're supposed to do, basically. Anyway, Love Actually. Uh, I've seen it, but I don't remember. Yeah, I know I've seen it too, but I guess that's that's all. That's all on these lists. Hmm. So probably the best one on the list, Edward Scissorhands. Batman. Yeah. Mine would be Batman. Batman. (coughs) Um. Yeah, like Batman a lot. I think they go to Godric's Hollow at Christmas. Yeah, there's always something Christmas-related in those Harry Potter movies. I never really paid attention to it, but I've only seen the first three. Oh, man. You I've only seen the first three movies. So, And the third one's like one of the best ones. And that's what you told me, and then I quit watching them. You should keep watching them, because they're great. 
Yeah, but if the third one's the best, I can only go downhill. That doesn't mean they're not good after that. Well, I know, but you basically ruined it for me by saying the okay, best the one. The third has... one's the worst one. Yeah, well, I know you're lying. Down. <laughs> they're they're equal footing after that. Okay. What's the third one called? Goblet of Fire? Or no, like the third Phoenix one. Phoenix of Embers or something? Or like of there like, is a Goblet of Fire. The third one is the Prisoner like of Azkaban, I believe. Dagger in a Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what is it? Pris- or Prisoner of Azkaban. That's yeah. the third one. That's a good one. Sirius Black. Yeah, that's the last one I watched. What's the fourth one? I think that's the Goblet of Fire, the fourth one. Was I right on? Did I say Goblet of Fire? Yes. Oh, yeah. And then yeah. there's like the Half Blood Prince. Right. And then there's something else. And then there's the Deathly Hollows part one and part two. You don't know what the sixth one is? I think. Uh, or there's seven total, right? There is seven or eight total. Oh. Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber of Secrets, Prisoner of Azkaban, Goblet of Fire, Order of Phoenix. That's Order. A, I knew there was a Phoenix involved. That's a good one. Half-Blood Prince, and then Deathly Hallows Part 1 and Deathly Hallows Part 2. So how many was that, six? They call it seven, but there's really eight. Oh, because the seventh was split in two. Yeah. I get it. All right, but they didn't need to do that. They didn't need to split the second one in, or the, the seventh one in two. Um, because the books are all like 800 pages long, right? The last book was long. I don't know that they're all that long, but I've read them all, but I don't remember how long they are. They'd only, they only did that for money. There are quick quick reads, though. They did it? I remember when Deathly Hollows came out, I read it cover to cover in one day. Really? Yeah. And that's what happened when I was deployed. Uh, a guy that Nate and I know, uh, John Erickson, he obsessed with Harry Potter, and a new book came out during our deployment, which was like, it was either 2006 or seven because those were the two years that we were like. It was the probably the last spanned. one at that point. At that point, it was the m- most recent one, whatever it was. Yeah. Um, because there's some that came out after that, though. No, there hasn't been any. There was one that came out that was like a screenplay of a play, the play they had were running in London. I thought another, I just thought another book came out after that because. Really? There was one other book that came out afterwards, but it was literally the screenplay for the stage play. Oh, so it had to be Deathly Hallows. Though. I'm sure it was, yeah. And that's what he did. Because that would have been right about that time. So he got it delivered, and we were off. Like we, we weren't like the primary team for whatever we were doing. We were the secondary team. He got it at like 7 o'clock or 5 o'clock at night, something like that, started reading it and read all through the night. You read like eight hours straight into the next morning and finished it. Never stopped reading it. Boy, I mean... the And you did the same thing? Oh, yeah. Never. You just literally sat down and read the entire book cover to cover. Yeah, I mean, it took all day. I know, but and that's why I said it took him eight hours to do. Oh, I think it took me longer than that even. Really? Yeah. I, I, I don't understand. They're good. They're so good. The books are... I, I know it's cliche to say, and the movies are great. Yeah. Because they nail it with the casting so well, but the books are just so much deeper. So those books are way bigger, and I can't say that I've ever read big. any. The I've, print is big. I've never read that size of a book that quickly, but you know what is the only book series that I've read similar to that? Like 
There's only three books, but I read all three Goose books bumps. in three days. Yeah, I mean, it isn't much better oh my God. <laughs> It's not much higher than that. Take a wild guess. It's, they came out with three different movies. Three different movies. The Maze Runner? It's similar, but not that one. Um, Hunger Games. Yes, yeah. Hunger Games. Harry um, Potter books are way better than the Hunger Games books, although I read those all, too. Yeah, those three books I read so fast. It's the fastest I've ever read any sort of books in my life. Those books also are superior to the movies. And oh yeah, by far. Absolutely. I would I, I, I feel c- like every book is always superior not to always, the movie. but usually. Usually because you have a certain perception of the book in your brain and you create this world in your head, right? I don't know that there's no possible way a movie can can live up to what you see in your head. You have to downplay it a little bit. You have to let some of your uh, like standards go, right? Yeah. Like what your ex- expectations have to be lowered every time you go see a movie that you've read a book about because it's not going to be the same picture. I will say like Lord of the Rings, I would probably prefer to watch the movies. Just because Oh, I need to put there that. is so much to, to dredge through with Lord of the Rings. Okay. All right. What are we doing now? I guess we're going to go on to what we're watching in Mandalorian, right? I was going to talk real quick. Do you have any like Christmas traditions that you guys, that you do, you've done your whole life that you cling to? Marley was, she brought it up as a topic. I told her I didn't, I couldn't think of any. I literally can't either. Honestly, the only tradition that we ever did, um, isn't, it wasn't necessarily a tradition. It just, I guess it is. It's something we did every year, but it just revolves games. So like, we would always play Monopoly every Christmas. Yeah, we did a lot, that a lot too. So, or like, some kind of game it used to be Monopoly, and then it kind of came to the point where my mom would buy like a new game every year. Oh yeah, but the new games are always trash. Like, there's yeah, no dude. good games anymore. There really isn't until Settlers of Catan came out, and now that's like the new game. You know, and I need to get that and start it. Do you, is that a game you think that Grady could learn? Is that like an yeah. eight, eight and up game? He could play Settlers. I need. There's to get a lot that of done. trading though. So that's the hard part about it. It's not it's kind of like Monopoly in some aspects, but there's a lot of horse trading that's got to go on. Kind of like Monopoly, but way more in depth. The whole point of the game is about trading resources right, with I other know. players. And and so I know that. It might I'm, be a little it's probably a little advanced for him. Well, either way we that's what we used to do is play uh, Monopoly all the time and there was another game that I'm forgetting. I just know Monopoly was huge in my house, and we used to play it all the time. And I now personally have... I've got like six different versions of Monopoly. Like I have a Star Wars Monopoly, a NASCAR Monopoly. You told me the Star Wars Monopoly was amazing, so... Uh, I've got like an Army Monopoly... I never got the regular the, like, Monopoly. different versions of Monopoly because it's the same game. It's the exact same game. It's just the, different names of stuff. Yeah, that's it. They're just like collector things. Like, okay. And that's the only reason why I got them. It's like, obviously, I like the Army. Obviously, I like Star Wars. I was huge into NASCAR as a kid. Like, all of these things I got. Richard Petty or Dick Trickle? Yeah, Dick Trickle was my favorite. Yeah. And I can't, I still to this day can't believe that's an actual name of a man. Like, what? happened to him in school <laughs> he you became know? a famous race car driver he did and he used to race in morris all the time really my da- yeah my dad knew him my uncle john he lives on my great uncle john lives on dupont road he used to race with him all the time anyway uh yeah that was about it we played uh monopoly and 
that's all I'm probably going to continue now. Like we just started playing Monopoly the other day with Grady. Grady loved it. He's been obsessed with it. He was really like wondering because uh, he went to Bryce's house um, and spent the night and we're like, or no, it was the night that he went to my house. He was going to your house. And he literally said, I want to play. I want to finish Monopoly. I was like, but you're leaving to go to Cash's. He's like, but yeah, but I want to play Monopoly. I said, all right, then you can stay home and we'll play Monopoly and Grant will go to Cash's and then you, you stay here. And he was like, looking around, contemplating. He's like, no, I'll go to Cash's. It's like, all right. But he was like really weighing it out. Like, man, I, he really wanted to play Monopoly really bad. So we finished it up the next night. He was destroyed. Yeah. Right? He got destroyed. Had a really hard time with that. Uh, but he still wants to play all the time. But we also have Monopoly Deal. It's a card game. And it's pretty fun. He enjoyed that a lot, too. So the only problem with Monopoly is like the only the fun part of the game is the middle. Right. And then there's a certain point, like the last hour. Where it just gets... It's like grinding gears. Yeah, it is. Especially it, if you're not like destroying people. Right. Unless you steamroll everyone. If you get the right properties and can and can get money and put some, you know, some settlements or like houses or the or problem it, with Monopoly then, is it's very rare that there's multiple players vying for supremacy. It's like one person always comes out of the pack. Yeah. And then it's always like a game of catch up. For some people, but Amy and I in the last game were very close to each other. But what ended up happening was uh, once we started replaying it, because Amy was like, you can't do that to Grady. We got to take it easy. Like, quit being so mean. And I was like, no, I will not quit being mean. And I'm not being mean. I'm like playing the game, right? Like, and he needs to learn the game. Uh, so I was playing it that way. But then we did. We like broke rules and let him do certain things. Then the next night when we start playing, I immediately, like he landed on a property and I was like, all right, I won't charge you as much, whatever. Just give me what you can. So he did. And then Amy starts like, I'm going to put, like they call them settlements and cities in the Star Wars Monopoly. And then all of a sudden she's like, well, I'm going to buy four settlements for all of these properties. All right, now I'm buying cities. I'm buying this. I'm buying that. Like, and she started upgrading everything. And I was like, wait a minute. I was a dick 10 minutes ago to you for doing any of this. And now you're charging people off the ass and you're like overtaking me now. I was way ahead in this game and I held back and she used it as a trick. Did you lose? To defeat to me. Well, once Grady like lost, this was at like nine o'clock at night. And I was like, let's continue this another time. And then she put it all away because we had people coming over the next day. And she's like, do you really want to finish this? I said, do you want to lose? <laughs> and then she put it all away. I said, I guess he didn't want to lose then. We should, so we didn't find out. We should get a Settlers of Catan game night going. I think so. That would be fun. Amy, it's, we would love it. Amy a, and I love board it's, games. This is the best board game that exists. It really is. Settlers. I, I agree with you. I've played it. Oh, you have played it. I've played it a few times. I, I don't have it, but I've played it a few times. Um, I just, it, the last time I played it was probably... Before 2010. I also have the Seafarers edition, which expands the board and adds islands and boats. Oh, that sounds fun. It is fun. Anything with a seafarer involved, <laughs> count me in. All right. So should we get into what we are watching? Yes. All right. I'll start off. Um, I started 
re-watching the Hobbit movie series. So like The Hobbit and then... Desolation of Smog. Yeah. And then the five, Battle of the Five Arm- Armies, I think it's called. Hmm. And I, I don't know why, but I got... They're on HBO Max. I've heard like they remastered the Hobbit series. And I did agree. I was reading an article and the guy was saying one problem that the movie had originally was it looked like it was like too, like it was cool looking, but it was shot. Peter Jackson shot it in 60 frames. Oh, uh, 60, the frame rate, 60 frames per second. So it's almost like too, you know, when you watch stuff that's in 60 frames per second, it doesn't look real. Yes. Like it's too in focus. Normally movies are shot at like 24 yeah. frames per second, even 30 frames per second, which is like what you get on digital video, like YouTube and the mm-hmm. stuff like that. It doesn't look right. Yeah. Sometimes. And sometimes. So they remastered when they remastered the movie for 4k, they remastered, it down. Yeah, they, they changed the frame rate, but they actually um, went back to the original footage and like changed it the right way. So a lot of people were saying, Oh, it's like a completely different movie. Really? Um, and it's obviously it's not a different movie, but it, but it's a different it experience. Help. It did help it. the experience significantly. Um, I enjoyed it. It's it's slow. It is so slow. I watched the first two, so I watched The Hobbit and then The Desolation of Smog. Um, I didn't finish The Desolation of Smog. But Benedict Cumberbatch yeah. is Smog, but it's definitely enjoyable, and it really. Got me back into the world, the land of Middle Earth. So, fun fact is Benedict Cumberbatch uh, recited the lines. Like, so the the dialect in which he was supposed to speak, he had to speak it backwards. Right. He spoke all of the lines backwards, and then they played them forward in the movie. And I think that's incredible. Yeah. Like, as an actor, that you put that much effort into it. And I've watched like video of him for no reason speaking it. Yeah, it was only just to make it like uh, a different. And it does. It works. Sound. Yeah, it absolutely works. It's like another level to the character, and he did all of that and recorded it, and it looked terribly difficult to do. But I don't know. I think that's really cool. I well, like finding little things out like that about movies is fun. I, you know, obviously I'm a huge fan of Lord of the Rings, probably more so than you. Oh yeah. Um, but I enjoyed going back and rewatching those Hobbit movies, which I didn't remember um, greatly. And they, they have some great stuff in them. I've seen those first two. I don't think I've seen the third one at all. I've seen it, but I saw it once. I don't remember the third one. I'm excited to get to it, but yeah. I need a chunk of time because they're long. Are they like two and a half hours long? Yeah, or if not more, they might be three, three and a half hours long. I don't know. They're that's long. A, that's a long. Yeah, that's a long sit. Like the Lord of the Rings movies, I have the extended versions of, so they're all four hours each. And the each movie is, mm-hmm. or maybe even more than four hours. Yeah, for Lord of the Rings, the extended versions. Yeah, I didn't know that. And they're great. It's worth it. It's it makes the movie so much better to watch the extended versions for sure. It's worth watching. I got to sit down and watch all these again. Yeah. I really have to. And I'm so right now, people, I'm off for two weeks and I'm so excited about this. (laughs) Yesterday, I was at work for like four and a half hours and then my vacation started. And now I don't have any responsibility. 
Like besides to like Marley Christmas. Was a- Marley was asking that me that thing? earlier. She's like, oh, is Jerry at work or whatever? And I told her that you were off for like <laughs> a month and a half. And <laughs> yeah. uh, she's like, what? How, how is he off that long? I'm like, he works for the government. They don't have to go to work ever. Well, that's not true. But <laughs> she's like, no, he took vacation. I'm like, no. He didn't take vacation. No, he just the, chose not to go. The, the government, government just can't doesn't do care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just don't care if I show up or not, and I don't have to report to anybody. Right, that's you what know, I said. I'm like, like, he's the boss, so he just doesn't go. There's like one guy above me, and he's in a whole completely different location. As long as he doesn't listen to my podcast, he doesn't know what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, Janet says the extended editions of Lord of the Rings are amazing. Agreed, they are amazing. They add so much more to those movies. She guessed it right, too, when I was talking about yeah. the book series, Hunger Saw Years. That. Good guess. Um, so I've been rewatching those, and, you know, I know there's a lot of stuff to watch. I don't know why I started. I started watching them again because my sister-in-law brought it up to me. She said, do you have, is there anywhere I can stream the Lord of the, sure, actually, here's what she said. She said, I am researching something to do with, um, What's the dude's name? Go- the Gollum guy. Gollum? Smeagol, oh, whatever. Smeagol, yeah. For something. I can't remember. For something for school. She's like in a master's program or something. Okay. Um, something to do with like psychology. I don't know. And so she's like, what movies do I need to watch to get like the most story just about Gollum? So I told her like Return of the King. It has like the backstory for him and like yes. probably the most for him to do. Anyway, she was asking me about the Hobbit movies. I'm like, ah, he's not really in them that much. So don't waste your time on that. Anyway, that's when I found out they're on HBO Max. And they're all on there. And they're all the remastered. And they're all, you know, they look great. So I decided to start watching them again. But so all the regular Lord of the Rings yeah. movies are on there too? Are the extended versions? I don't know if the extended versions are on there or not. That's what I'm going to I have them to. on Blu-ray, but I don't know if they're on there. Is Blu-ray still a thing? People do that? I guess i could play it in my place or in my xbox yeah you can yeah i just didn't know like does blu-ray are they still creating those discs oh sure blu-ray? yeah absolutely but blu-ray is not a thing anymore it's like yes it is high definition is went on to like you know 4k We're that's still about 4K. still a blu-ray disc well i that's know the but name i would like disc blu-ray was the high definition portion of a dvd but now you buy 4k blu-rays that's what i buy i'm i'm yeah, you buy 4K Blu-rays. The Blu-ray is the name of the disc. So the disc, the the formatting of the disc is different than the uh, DVD. Yeah, it's a different disc. It is. It is? Yeah, there's a DVD and a Blu-ray. They're encoded differently. They're different discs. Oh, now I understand. Sony proprietarily owns the Blu-ray technology. And apparently it makes a clearer picture. It's just a more storage on the disc. That's all it is? Pretty much, yeah. It has more storage. It's a different like encoding process. So then why does it look so much better? Why did it always look better? Because it's higher definition. Because you could fit more data on the disc, so you could put high-resolution versions on. Hmm. Whereas on, on DVD, you can only fit so much data onto a DVD. But nowadays, you can do that with anything. You can fit anything on anything with certain amounts of compression but the whole idea is you want as uncompressed as you can get yeah but i can also stream it without having a disc not in 4k you can't stream 4k you can but your internet it sucks i like turned it off on my netflix and stuff 
Really? Yeah, you got an option on on Netflix to stream in high definition. Yeah, to stream 1080p or 4K. Yeah. Hmm. Not on not on all Fire Sticks. You got to have a 4K Fire TV or Fire. Oh, I don't think I have that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I don't have that because I don't have a 4K TV. There's no sense in me to even try it. Did they pull a lot from the Similion or Silmarion Law, however you say that, for the Hobbit movies? Because there's a ton of stuff in there that's not in the book. All right, so I've I've similar similarian. So I've perused that um, back in the day um, when I read all the Lord of the Rings books. I perused that. And it's kind of got like short stories and backstories of certain characters and stuff going all the way back. Um, yeah, there is stuff definitely pulled in from there. Um, I don't know how in depth, mm-hmm. but there definitely is. I think there's going to be a lot more of that kind of stuff in the Amazon series coming up, though. It, when is that coming up? I mean, we've been talking about this thing. They for have to five get it years. out. They have to get it out. Like this year, they lose the rights, and they paid like a billion dollars for yeah, the rights. Half a billion dollars. It was literally $500 million that they bought this stuff yeah. for. And we've been talking about this since we started the podcast. It's so... It's soon. I mean... 2019, November. Nolan Green said Betamax is where it's at. Betamax. So... <laughs> He's right. At the time, I don't know if you remember this, but there was like a VHS Betamax battle going on between HD DVD, yes. which I think was owned by Toshiba, if uh-huh. I'm incorrect. I don't know. And then there was Sony Blu-ray. And at that time when they came out, it was like, what are you going to do? Yeah, which one do you pick? I threw all my eggs in the HD DVD basket. You did? Well, luckily, I didn't have very many eggs to throw because at <laughs> yeah. the time, the shit was super expensive. Yeah, I so remember I didn't, buying I, my first Blu-ray. I didn't actually buy a lot of them, but I just outwardly said, I'm like, well, HD DVD is going to win because it's simple. The name, HD DVD. Yeah. I'm like, that's going to win. Everybody knew what DVDs were at the time. And it didn't win. And you know why? PlayStation. Really? I think so. I think Sony having the PlayStation is what put them over the edge. I think that's what put it over the edge. Interesting. Um, I would have never thought about that. I, I wish I could pronounce it right, but the Similion, Ron, whatever, Simo, is Sim- on my extensive to-read list. Uh, you could probably drop it off your to-read list. <laughs> Maybe put mm-hmm. it on your to-peruse list. Have you read it? I've perused it. You've tried to read it. It's difficult. Oh. It's difficult. Um, all right, so what have you been watching, Jerry? Because we got a lot of Mandalorian speak to get Well, to. right, and we, we can basically get right to it because I haven't been watching much besides um, Schitt's Creek still. Uh, just a couple episodes here and there. Yeah, and I've been watching that a little bit here and there too. That's all I do, a couple episodes here there and there. There was some really fine. good episodes. I'm in season five. Oh, man, yeah. You're right and uh, there was a couple really heartwarming episodes in there. Oh, good. A couple really heartwarming episodes. Oh. Very nice. Yeah, I need to get more into it just to get to those episodes like and start watching them more. But last night I started watching Rebels really hard again, and I watched, I finished the, the third season finally. I feel uh, like you might night. have been partaking in a little. Oh yeah, yeah a little I drank. I, I had been. <laughs> um, so you're being very chatty about it. Well, I was generally curious too because like. I had questions about like Grand Admirals, Moffs. Jerry Moffs, was going like, deep into the military ranks. Yeah. And like their designations and who supersedes who. I wanted who to know. Others. So because we had like a long uh, conversation about Moffs, 
Grand Moffs, yeah. Admirals, and Grand Admirals. Because my question was, and it it popped in my head because I saw uh, Grand Admiral, Admiral Thrawn, like he was fighting some things and doing whatever, and I was like, man, I wonder how powerful he is. And then I started looking at it, and I was like, wait a minute, he's not more powerful than the Emperor. The Emperor's like in charge of all this stuff. He's underneath the Emperor right now. And then I started looking like, well, what what rank is like a Grand Admiral? Like, how close is he to the Emperor? So I started looking into that, and then Moffs came into the play, and I completely forgot about them. And I was like, well, yeah, like, there's Moff Gideon, and Moff Gideon was in Mandalorian. I was like, but they're bringing in Grand Admiral Thrawn to Mandalorian because we've already heard Ahsoka talk about it. I was like, but Moff Gideon's up there, and like you had said, they talk about them being like governors, but that's a grand Moff, not yeah. no, just... No, that's a Moff, too. Really? Yeah. The, so the Moff, my understanding is that it's a, more of a civilian ranking. So it'd be like a governor or like a regional governor. And then the, your, your grand Moff mm-hmm. would be like the head of all of the Moffs, so that would report directly to the emperor. So a grand admiral would clearly outrank a Moff. Yes. But a Grand Moff and a Grand Admiral would be on similar. So a Grand Admiral well, would be military. So they're, they're a similar level of rank. They just control two separate sides of... Yeah, one's politics and one's military. Yes, yes. That's, so that's the only difference. They need to work together, but Grand Admirals technically would have the authority to go anywhere and basically do anything. Right. But they still are under the command of the Moff. Well, maybe not a Grand Admiral, but an Admiral would be under the command of a Moff for a region because they're like a regional governor. And this is where I said to you, I said, well, how do you, would you say an Admiral is a higher rank than like the governor of California? Well, that's what I said. So, like, you have a governor, I said, so let's say you have a general of the army and then you have the governor of a state. Like, obviously, the general uh, in the army would have to work under whatever the governor's rule is within that state. But as the army as a whole for the United States can do whatever the heck he wants, he's only under the president then. Right. So he technically probably is the same as the governor. Under a governor, unless it was superseded by orders from a president. Yeah. Similar to this. Yeah. So a military would probably report to a governor unless superseded by the emperor or a moth unless superseded. Yeah. But then, then we got into the grand moth turf and who's a grand moth. That's yeah. where you got confused. Yeah, I, said, I did. Cause you're like, so moth Gideon would be similar to grand man Roll throne. I'm like, no, cause he's yeah. just a moth. I forgot that Gideon didn't have the grand before it. Right. And yeah, so that's where like grand moth Tarkin outranked Vader. He did. But then I was reading things that he really didn't. It was like I don't know if you read Vader down in some of the comics, the Darth Vader comics. Yeah, he clearly was a, a subordinate hmm. to okay. some of these higher-ranking political figures. Yeah, like that's interesting. He was talked down to openly. I mean, that's the structure and like threatened. Yeah, it is what it is. I mean, everybody sees Darth Vader as like the big bad, like somebody you can't go above. But in the Empire, there was a structure there. And if you do hold a higher rank, it is what it is. Even though Darth Vader was like the right-hand man to the Emperor, that doesn't mean you're above somebody else because of your rank. Right. So just like in our military, in the Imperial military, if 
for ground troops, it would still be generals. So yeah. you could still have a theoretically a grand general. Yeah. And then admirals would be in command of ships. Right. So anyway, we got, got deep I, into I, that I, conversation. Yeah. And then you started uh, Twin Sons. I did. Yeah. Which you, you just happened to be on the episode and you brought it up. And so I started watching it at that point. I'm like, oh, you realize this is a big episode. Yeah. And I... That's when I texted you. I was like, well, I'm an idiot. Because I immediately was like, there's so many plot holes with this. And then watched the actual episode and realized I was so dumb. Yeah. Like, I'm so dumb. I shouldn't assume things. How'd that fight scene work out for you? It's so great. It's so quick. It's very quick. But all, all of that episode was so fun. You know what the best thing about that episode is? And I guess it's spoilers. We're not giving away too much. Watch Twin Sun season five, episode twenty of Rebels. Yeah, um, you no, really season three, season three. Sorry, yeah. episode twenty. You really get to see what a older Obi Wan who's been sitting and studying the Force. Yeah, like how much he surpasses. Oh, it would. There was like a, no competition. A foe whatsoever. that at one time would have been. You know, problematic for him. One time was problematic. Well, for I mean, him. he did defeat him, but he did. But I mean, it was much more problematic at that time right. than it was later, where he literally just stood there, waited for him to attack, and then cut everything in half. Yeah, it just was really cool. I enjoyed it a lot. I lo- I loved everything about it. I liked how Ezra listened to him. I like how he was like, you need to leave. I'll take care of this. Normally, you My would always have... My favorite part is the scene with Obi-Wan and Darth Maul at the end. Oh, yeah. Well, absolutely. But that this is literally right before that, where he tells Ezra to leave and like go go back to the ship. Like, get out of here. I'll handle this. He's like, well, I can't leave you. He's like, I got to help. He's like, no, I'll take care of this. Like, they've, please leave. They've tried to do Maul so many times. He's such a nuanced character that you don't get to see. If you... If you don't get outside the movies, you don't even realize it. You just think of him as a you kind did. of a nameless, spaceless villain. But he has so much. Yeah, he's and they've been trying to do it, and yeah. they haven't had a lot of success with it, except for in Rebels and Clone Wars. Yeah, and especially that was it. The last season of Clone Wars where they actually had the guy who played they they photo captured the actual fight scene with him. Yes, and for the last. Yes, for Clone Wars. It's they, one of the best Star Wars things you could ever see. That was so incredible. But I, I really liked, um, uh, what's her name? S- starts with an S, Ren. Sabine. Sabine. I liked going back to her like family and that whole aspect of things. And then that, what he was he a governor or a general or something? So there's a theory going on okay. about the Mandalorian. Yeah. There is a Imperial officer girl yes woman who keeps coming back as a recurring character with like little snippets of dialogue and there's a theory that that is sabine wren and she's undercover in the imperial army really and you Which... don't know that you'll you'll you, you you'll find out more as you finish rebels about where she ends up at the end of that yeah but it tracks with how rebels ends so I don't buy it personally, but it's interesting. But you have to know she's going to have to come into play here oh, she's, soon. I think she's been cast. Okay. But we don't know who it is, though. No. All right. Well, yeah. Anyway, so I was watching Rebels. And I'm getting way deep in, into it. I'm probably going to go home from here and watch more of it because I have to. Um, it just, it's 
just so fun. It's yeah. every episode is more and more and more fun. Uh, so that's what I watched last night. But the big one that we all watched, I mean, I guess I don't know everybody that's listening or everybody that's watching right now, uh, but is the season finale of Mandalorian. Burner, 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 burner. <laughs> I lost it with this episode. I'm going to uh, start of all, off stop. Right Spoilers. Yes. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers for the rest of this episode. Turn it off if you haven't seen the season finale of Mandalorian. Um, it's been pretty hard to not see the news because it's been everywhere about what happened. Everywhere. Um, it is. I don't know. I don't know if Disney releases numbers on this show, but it. it judging by the media reaction, it's got to be the biggest show on t- on anything right now. Absolutely. By by far. I don't understand how anything could beat it at this point. So really don't. the season finale happened. Uh, we're going to talk about it in depth. Spoilers. Um, but wow. Yeah. It was uh, episode 16, The Rescue. Yeah. And I just didn't want it to end. I didn't either. I really didn't. I saw it. It ended. It was so short. I felt like it was a very short episode. It was 45 minutes. I, I think, love 47 minutes. We'll start at the beginning. I love when they go to what has been some people are considering to be Lothal. Yeah. Where they go to get Bo-Katan and the other chick. Yeah. Not the guy Mandalorian. He ain't there. No, I don't know. Where is he at? I don't know. He wasn't with them. Anyway, they go there and there's a great scene between Boba Fett and all of them. Because yeah. they're basically there is a scene where she outright Bo-Katan outright calls him a clone. She says, I've heard your voices a thousand times. Yeah, before. that part blew me away when she said, I've heard your voice a thousand times. Uh, that was amazing. And it's such a callback to the cartoons. It is. It is absolutely a callback to those cartoons. These, these things are so important. Clone Wars and Rebels are so important to this story that you have to watch them at this point. At this point. And I, I wouldn't have necessarily said that up to this point. No, it's, you didn't. It's I a mean, must. Before The Mandalorian came out, even even the first season, even when the yeah. first season was out, you had said, like... It will help. You, you, can, you can enjoy Star Wars for what it is right now just by watching the movies and whatever. It would help if you did watch the cartoons, but it wasn't a necessary part of Star Wars, really. It is now. It is. I mean, at this point... That's why I decided, I was like, I absolutely have to get these shows in. Like, you've told me for years that I need to get these shows in, and I never did it. But uh, now I've understood, like, I absolutely have to get these shows in in order to really be involved with this, with The Mandalorian and whatever else, all these other shows that they just dropped uh, that are coming out in the future in, in order to appreciate that and really understand what's going on. Because if you don't, I'm going to be like Amy, you know, sitting next to somebody and saying like, well, why does, why did she say this? What's the significance of that? What's, what's with that saber thing? What's with, or people would even say like, know, I mean, obviously you could see the movies and know that Boba Fett's a clone, but it's it just, we, you spend a lot of time with the clones, especially in Clone Wars. Yes. And so you, and his dad. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, it's almost necessary, but anyway, I love that scene and that, like it was wicked, a super tense callback that she basically calls him out. Yeah. Well, and it's a super backhanded like compliment because he's the only genetic, like actual like genetic clone, I guess. But I mean, like a physical son 
that he had. Like he what he's not an actual clone. He's like an actual son. Right. I mean, he him. was a clone, but yeah. But I mean like he had him like an actual child. No, he was a clone. No, I thought he was an actual child. No, Boba Fett was a child, but he was a clone. They gave him Boba Fett. That was one of Jango Fett's payments for giving his DNA for the cloning program. Is he asked for an unadulterated un un adulter unaltered altered, yeah. That didn't have the advanced aging, that didn't have the Order 66 in his brain. He was unaltered. So he was a straight, exact clone of Jango Fett. Okay, I took that wrong then. I, I thought it was like an actual kid that he had no. prior to the cloning process. No, they created okay. Boba Fett for right, him no, then, as a yeah. child. So it's, he is a clone. Yeah. Um, he is Jango Fett, essentially. Yeah, he is. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I just thought that was amazing. And then just some of the random gibberish Mandalorian insults that he's I have no idea what he's talking about. No, back and forth. It was like back and forth banter because right now you technically have... And Jango Fett wasn't a Mandalorian. No. Technically. You technically have like three little factions of Mandalorians right at the beginning of this episode. You have... uh, What's his name? Din? Yeah, Din Djarin. Yeah, so you have him, like the Mandalorian, the main character of the show. Then you have Bo-Katan and her friend... Um, that are in like, like a different aspect of what the Mandalorians do. And then you have Boba Fett, who isn't technically a Mandalorian, but still wears the armor and acts like one. So you have three different like little sects of Mandalorian right there that want different things and have different mindsets, but they still wear the same armor and are doing the same thing and are very good in combat. And they decide like, all right, we understand we're different, but we have to work together in order for exactly what we want. Like, Bo-Katan obviously wants to come back and get the Darksaber back from Moff Gideon. They know where Moff Gideon is. He also has the child that the Mandalorian wants to get. Boba Fett said, I'm going to help you get that child back. And they realize they need to work together and get back up to the ship to do that. Yeah, so Jango Fett, Boba Fett's father, technically genetic clone, but um, was from Concord Dawn, which I believe was a orbiting planet of, of or a moon of Mandalore. Mandalore, yes. Um, he was adopted by Mandalorian war- warriors following the murder of his parents and the disappearance of his older sister. Um, years later, he would go on to lead them through much of the Mandalorian Civil War as Mandalore. Um, right, because I knew he was a big part of the Mandalorian War. So he's technically a foundling, just the same as Dijin or whatever, yeah. whatever say his name. So, because Jin isn't from Mandalore either. No, and that's what, so like earlier uh, in the episodes when, it was like three or four episodes ago when you first meet Boba Fett, he says, my father was a foundling. Right. He says that. He's like, we were foundlings. Right. But he was still questioning whether he was Mandalorian. Right. So there's obviously a lot of infighting. Obviously, Mandalorians, infighting is their thing. Absolutely, it is. (laughs) But anyway, so they all get together. They have an amazing scene with uh, Slave One and their stolen shuttle um, going through the landing sequence into the cruiser. And then also just seeing Slave One in action was amazing. Um, And just seeing Boba Fett in the cockpit was amazing. Yeah. Um, Them landing on the ship. I mean, again, it was like crash landing just into their shredding stormtroopers like ridiculously. <laughs> yeah, but, um, it really was. 
I love the scene though when uh, the Mandalorian squares off against the Death Trooper the first time, where, yeah. the, where he's just being crushed. Well, that's where you really get the aspect of how terrible these Death Troopers are, like yeah. how hard it is. And later on, uh, Moff Gideon says, he's like, he's like, you had so much trouble with one. He's like, how about a whole that, that garrison? Was, I mean, we all knew what was going to happen. I think I knew. I mean, I knew something like that was going to happen, but I just didn't know. Well, you knew a, you je- don't know how a Jedi was going to show up. Yeah. We didn't know who, but yes. I had a pretty good idea. But regardless. Honestly, I kept a super open mind. I was like, I don't want to assume anything because I didn't want to be let down. I had I a didn't... pretty strong assumption based on what's happening around this time yeah. that we already know. But anyway. Could have been Plo Koon. Never know. I think he's dead. Not at that time. Pretty sure he's dead by now. Was he dead by then? Yes. I loved him. (laughs) I don't know. But anyway, um, that 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 scene though, well, first off, before that, they go to the bridge to find Moff Gideon. He's not there. He's with Baby Yoda. You get the fight scene between Moff Gideon and the Mandalorian, which was great. Um, It was really great. I think there's And this is where you really get a picture of of how strong like uh Baskar steel is so Beskar. like Beskar, yeah you understand that it can't be cut through by a lightsaber um and obviously the dark saber can't cut through it but that's really what helps him out and he has the staff that Beskar staff that he was given and he's fighting with that against Moff Gideon and at certain parts like he's holding the saber to the staff and that certain part of the staff is starting to glow red I thought, I thought was, that was so cool I thought it was going to cut in half to and, be honest well, at first I did too because it started glowing red, but then they move, and obviously that it doesn't. But um, I just thought those little things are like really great additions to yeah. Like you don't normally see that in a movie, like a small little like little glowing red staff in the middle of that. I just thought those little tidbits were good. So but, you know the history of the dark saber, or yeah. Not really, yeah. I mean, it's a lightsaber. Yes, it is. It was the the it was. The man, there was a Mandalorian Jedi, mm-hmm. and that was his lightsaber. And then it just kind of came back. It became, they say it in this, they say it in Rebels, and they say it in this too. It's not, it's really more about the story right. than it is about the weapon. And that's very true about the Darksaber. But it is just like a, a lightsaber where the more you get attuned to it, the lighter it gets. Yes. And the other interesting thing so about So that's it, what I was just learning last night in season three is like Sabine had the Darksaber and was being trained by Kanan to figure out how to use this thing. And at one point she says, she's like, wow, I'm surprised how heavy it is. And he says, well, it's because you're not as in tune with the, with the saber yet. He's like, but it will, you, you will be, and it'll get lighter. And then at one point during that episode, she obviously does get a little bit more in tune. And she's like, holy cow, this is so much lighter now. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, you're becoming one with your saber. Like, you can start to work with it, and obviously it goes from there. An interesting aspect to it is it also has a magnetic quality, so it'll actually draw in lightsabers. That part blew me away. Yeah, so it's he, like dark matter, really. Yeah. It's got, like, gravity to it. And he said, do you feel the pull? He's like, do you feel the pull of it? He's like, it's pulling us closer together. And then when he yanked his lightsaber away, it flung her to the ground because of that pull. So you have to obviously be aware of that when fighting, whether or not Moff Gideon knew that or not. I don't know. Moff Gideon, in my estimation, threw the fight on purpose. 
You think so? I think he knew eventually he wasn't going to win, but I think it was part of his plan that he wanted Jin to get that saber from him. To to prove, like, he beat him in combat so that Sabine, or uh, Bo-Katan couldn't have it. Right, to create so discord, essentially. Yeah. He's playing the long con. And I think... That makes sense. I mean, I it would be... I don't think he probably would be as skilled of a warrior as the Mandalorian himself. So, but I, that doesn't change the fact that I think that, that he but threw that fight. That makes a lot of sense because he was so prepared to say like, oh, but wait, you can't take this. Yeah, no, he knew. Yeah. And that was the plan, I believe. A lot of great, uh, Giancarlo Espinosa. And he, so that could have been the plan because he was so confident that his death troopers were coming back on the ship. Right. To take everybody out, which they would have. Right. You know, they would have destroyed. I mean, he, I was skipping ahead. I was hoping that like the Mandalorian was going to come from the other direction while the Jedi was fighting and like start taking and helping him. Like there was going to be like a a moment um, that, yeah, but there was no moment where any help was necessary. They didn't need any help. Um, Anyway, so. Great Giancarlo Esposito, Esposito, is that right? Uh, chewing up scenery, lots of great monologues. Oh, yeah. He's so great. When they get back, the tension good. when they get back to the bridge between that whole scene with the Darksaber and Bo-Katan, so that tension, and then also the tension of the Dark Troopers coming back. And punching the door. Palatable. I mean, yes. I, a lot of before that, it, this episode seemed a little slow. It wasn't necessarily slow. There just wasn't much to it. Yeah, I felt it like was, there. It was just very which cut we've and dry. Seen a lot with Mandalorian episodes. Yes, it just there wasn't much to it. Like okay, you get to the you get to Moff Gideon's ship. Uh, they do the whole thing like crash land, and then you know the Mandalorian's going to come out after them and go a separate way to try to get the child. They do all that. It was just relatively like like cut and paste like we knew what was going to happen and they get to the bridge and moff gideon wasn't there you i think know it seemed like a little mcguffin convenient that he could pull a handle and suck all the dark troopers out yes i mean um, that was one a little bit disappointing part i think they made them i mean they did it on purpose to make them seem like horrendous foes mm-hmm. to make it to set up later in the episode how simple they were dispatched yes um but they did make them maybe a little more imposing than I would have liked as droids, essentially. I don't know. It didn't bother me at all. No, it's fine. So that scene was all great. Obviously, when you see the X-Wing fly in. So, yeah, before that. So they're, they're in the bridge. Like, that all happened. He fought the Death Trooper. He fought Moff Gideon, beats him, brings him up to the bridge. They have the conversation of where Bo-Katan can't take the dark dark saber because she didn't beat him in combat which timeout is a plot hole in my opinion kind of not really i mean they you talk about it in the, rebels you haven't got there in rebels they talk she uh sabine wren's mom says you couldn't have won that in combat have, have you been and does she still have the dark saber where you're at in rebels well i don't remember I th- okay. yeah i think so Cause pretty sure she is. Do you want me does. to spoil something? No, 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 no. I don't. I do not. But it's critical to this plot hole theory. Yeah, but is it necessary? It's not that big of a deal. All right, talk about it. Sabine 
gives the Darksaber to Bo-Katan. Just gives it to her. Just gives it to her to lead the people of Mandalore. Huh. I shouldn't have spoiled that for you. But because it is kind of a big moment. My point is... <laughs> You're like, it's not a big deal. Well, no, it's actually like now, the biggest deal. And now she won't take it from the Mandalorian, which yeah, doesn't, that make, doesn't sense. make sense. However, I read some a little bit on that. Part, uh, some people think that just the situation they're, they're in now presupposes her failure as a leader of Mandalore. Right. Um, and so the Mandalorian people that got behind her might have seen the first time her receiving it non through comp, not through combat as acceptable. And then her performance. But listen, who, nobody there, nobody in that room on the bridge of Moff Gideon's ship was from Mandalore besides the woman with her yeah. and the Mandalorian. Right. Who's going to say any different when she, if she goes back to Mandalore, it'll get out. You know, she goes back to Mandalore and says, I, you know, I've still got the dark saber. I am the leader of all of you. Who's going to say, like, I'm pretty sure that one guy in the Beskar gave it to you. Yeah. No, like, nobody would know. I think, uh, I mean, obviously, this is setting up all the drama for season three. Right. And it's going to be high drama, uh, Mandalorian politics. But I think we'll see the Mandalorian lead the Mandalorian people. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, that conversation happens. Oh, Janet says then, they're part of the same clan, though. That's true. Who? Sabine Wren and Bo-Katan, I believe. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if that really makes a difference. Anyway. Uh, okay. Anyway, we're going to go continue. So they have that conversation. The dark troopers come back. They start beating, literally like punching the door, just like, you know, cyborg punching the door as hard as they can, and they start punching through the blast doors and everything. And you can clearly tell they were going to get through these doors. That's when you see the X-Wing fly by the windows. You see the X-Wing and everybody's like, <laughs> an X-Wing. Yeah. And he lands in there. Could you tell at that time mm. that it was Luke's? No. You can't really tell. You can't really tell. It's so small and it just kind of flies by really quick. Red 5? Is that his X-Wing? Yeah. yeah. You can't tell that though. I mean, unless you paused it and really like zoomed in, I guess yeah, you maybe. would be able to tell. but. For, just from it flying by, you can't tell. So then it lands. You obviously see, see a, like a cloaked Jedi get out. Uh, he starts walking in and ignites his lightsaber when he starts fighting these uh, dark troopers, and it's green. So that right there, I was like, I was sitting there, I was like, Let's. well, and you see the gloved hand. Well, well, wait, it, I didn't at the time. I just saw the green lightsaber, and I was like, it's a green. It's a green lightsaber. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure something's going to happen here. And then I saw his gloved hand after that. And that's when I lost it. I am a 33-year-old man, and my wife laughed at me. But I literally lost it when Luke was involved with all of this. I didn't assume it was going to be Luke. I didn't think they were going to tie him in. All because of the three movies that have already happened after, you know, like, the three movies that just came out in the last like five or six years. I didn't think they were going to tie anything into that. I really didn't. I didn't believe that Luke could be involved with this series, but watching him fight those dark troopers and then come in and have conversation with 
den to get the child and say he's going to train him. And then the whole like interaction between like baby Yoda and him and R2D2. And yeah, and R2D2. Like I lost it. I sobbed like a child over a TV show. And then so I watched that on Friday night after we uh, recorded. And then Saturday morning, at like eight o'clock in the morning, I told Amy she has to watch this show, and I did it again. Yeah, I cried again next to my wife, and she looked at me like an idiot. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? I was like, you don't understand. <laughs> I, I couldn't hold it together. Yeah, and I haven't watched it since then, Saturday morning, because I was like, I don't want to cry over the show again. I've watched the show twice, and I've watched the Luke scene three times now. I, I can't handle it. I got, and then I told my brother, and my brother like texted me. He's in the Ukraine, not doing anything. And he he watched it and sent me like Facebook messages back like holy crap he's like I cannot believe this is happening yeah I can't either what just, did you think about the Luke when you finally get to see his face and he talks what did you think about that I think they did the best they could there's definitely an uncanny valley yes I mean it's it looks weird it's I I think it's cool how they it took looks found very footage. Good. It looks very good for like a Return of the Jedi type Luke. Yes. Um, the, you know it, they used can, found footage right from the original movies. No, I didn't. Know and that. some of the some of the lines that he spoke were <laughs> was original stuff from the. Extra well, I knew it was his voice. Yeah, but it's the actual recordings from re- the original Star Wars movies. I didn't know that. Like some of those things that he said that's genius was mark hamill's actual voice from 1980 something or 70 something 80 something that's incredible so they used that and they used some found footage yeah and put to it do, on to do i mean it wasn't as good as what you see in rise of skywalker when they do the leia luke flashback I it, scene i didn't think it was i thought it was oh I thought it's not, it was on no par. it's not on par with that and it's it's really? not on par with that no but that's fine that was darker i don't know it was easier to do this was like really up front oh, close yeah. and you know i i didn't have a problem with it i'm able to suspend my disbelief his chin was different one thing i will say that i was i don't want to say disappointed but one thing that don't say those words jumped into my mind was I wish that they would have recast Luke so that they can move forward. Right. You brought that up. You thought they should recast it. Um, Janet says, I'm hoping that bringing Luke into the Mandalorian will help take the sequels out of canon. Right. So I think a lot of people are hoping that too. I don't know that that's going to happen, but so there's a lot of talk of that, but there's also talk of it being unnecessary to even take it out of canon. I don't think it is. So you can take, you can leave those where they're at because from the beginning of um what what's it called force awakens to the end is like a year yeah it's literally like one year for those three movies in their timeline that's passed that's all it is it's a very very short amount of time it's not much time at all so you can even if it's five years it doesn't really matter like you can kind of shove those off to the side because the the bigger aspect here of Thrawn's like overarching plan doesn't really need to have that. It's kind of like well, a, we have a long time. We got twenty years, whatever. Exactly. It's kind of like okay, you do whatever you need to do over here. Like the Emperor can do whatever he needs to. I'm not worried about that. This is the direction we're going. Right. And if they can make ten years worth of movies t- that take place over a year or two. Now we have twenty. We have a twenty-year time span or more. Yeah, so it's a very small blip in the radar of what was happening 
for those three movies. So you can leave it the way it is. The only issue is is Luke now. Like I don't think it, it needs to take it out of canon. I know a lot no, of people No, you leave it in ho- canon. It's just well, it is what it is. But I mean, it's in canon that in the sequels Luke was building the new Jedi Order. Yeah. And in yes. this Mandalorian show, he's building the new Jedi Order. In all of the books, yes. he's building the new Jedi Order. My favorite set of books is the new Jedi Order. Yeah, and the Thrawn well, trilogy Thrawn, too. yes, absolutely. But I loved Luke in the new Jedi Order. So one thing that popped out, and the reason I say I kind of wish they would have recast it, and a lot of people mentioned, dude mentioned Sebastian Stan, who plays the Winter Soldier. He looks... Tons of people. There's a very big push much like for him to be in Luke Skywalker. He looks a very much like a young Mark Hamill. Yeah. Um, the reason why I'd go for that recasting, and I'm 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 fine that they didn't do it. I think it's cool what they did. I think it was very shocking that way. I think if they would have recast it, I would have been on the other side of the fence. I would have been like, oh, I wish they wouldn't have done that. Right. But my point is, the only reason I say that is because I see a future of a Luke Skywalker rebuilding the new Jedi Order series yeah and then i started thinking about it more in depth and they're bringing thrawn back right Mm -hmm. my favorite book trilogy which is legends now it's not canon was the the original timothy zahn thrawn trilogy heir to the empire they're gonna change that it'll be it'll be canon now there's a new timothy zahn wrote a new thrawn book series which i've asked for for christmas which is canon um there's a whole thrawn series okay Uh, i haven't read them yet though but anyway in the heir to the empire timothy zahn series Luke Skywalker is, you know, squaring off against Grand Admiral Thrawn. Yes. And Grand Admiral Thrawn is taking the remnants of what's left. It's right after Return of the Jedi. He's yeah. taking the remnants of the Empire and beco- trying to become the Emperor himself mm-hmm. and putting them back together and rebuilding a new Empire. And now that they've teased Luke, now that they've teased Thrawn, and now that they've shown the fragments of the Empire are still strong with Moff Gideon and these different regions... I think they're building to that show. Absolutely. And a lot of people think they're, they're building if, to that show. If they're going to recast, they're going to have to recast Luke Skywalker to do that, or he's not going to be the main character, which got me, got me thinking, hmm. you know, Mara Jade is mm-hmm. part of that series, becomes Luke Skywalker's wife. Isn't it Mara? Mara, whatever. I thought it was Mara. It was on a list of names to name my children. Was it? <laughs> yes. Nice. Um, anyway. It could be a potential that she could be part of that new series um, as the main character. Although I don't know how you do it without Luke being the main character. But you could It'd do something. It'd be very something. hard to They'll do, but out. I think you could easily recast him and it would be fine. I think people are so desperate to see this character, and that, especially after this episode. People are going to be so desperate now to I've, see Luke. I've heard it both in, ways. I, I've heard a lot of people upset that they're tainting this new direction for Star Wars. What are they tainting? I'm, I'm not saying me. I'm saying other people have said that. They like the, refresh, the refreshingness of a Star Wars story that didn't depend on all this stuff. Yeah. That was separate. Here's the deal, though. They're living in a world that, was, that revolved around these Jedi. The biggest plot hole that I've always had an issue with is that most of these people didn't know who Luke or a Jedi was. That seems far-fetched. It's a big universe, man. It seems far-fetched And they're out on the rim. It seems far-fetched to me because the entire empire that you already know about that just collapsed, they knew about the empire. They know people that worked for the empire. They know people that died from the empire. They know people that revolted from the empire. 
they knew all of these things about the empire, and then the empire collapsed, collapsed, and you don't know how or who collapsed the empire. But think about that this. seems silly. Think to about me. this. You barely would know the name of some high-ranking general in China. Okay. If if they overtook our world, now take out take a hundred galaxies away from here. That's how big the universe of Star Wars is. Well, I understand, but it's the the war is also that big. It is, but it isn't on the outer territories. Like, okay, regardless. So what I was gonna say is like, um, oh, now I lost track. About, I don't know. I, I want to see Luke in this. I if they can make a show like that, a different show. Yeah, a like, different show. It doesn't even. It it's new not going to be in the Mandalorian. He's not going to be in the Mandalorian anymore. Call it New Jedi Order, and have it be Ahsoka, Luke, Thrawn. Yeah. All of that stuff going on over there. We got Ezra Bridger coming in the mix. Leave the Mandalorian stuff. Leave the Bo-Katan, the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, uh, they, Sabine Wren. Leave them over there well, uh, we fighting for Mandalore. See, we clearly see that they've set it up this way. They are going to have crossover episodes. They are going to have a crossover big bad. But they have not announced that project. No, they, they haven't. But you can clearly see that this is going to cross over. But they are still going to be their own separate shows, separate stories, which is good. But I like the fact that Luke came into play because it plays right into what the Star Wars world was. Grogu, the child, can't go to just anyone. Like, it can't just be an unnamed Jedi that you've only read about in a random, obscure comic or something, you know? Like, it can't be that way. It wasn't going to be Ahsoka. We already know that. It had to be Luke. and she's not a Jedi anymore. Right. She's removed herself from the Jedi Order, but... It had to be Luke, and the what I loved about him getting on the ship is his overwhelming dominance. So it shows Absolutely. you... Absolutely, he's a master. He looked exactly like Darth Vader. It finally showed you the master that he was, because you never get that from the movies. I really believe that they spent a lot of time... Trying to figure that out. Trying to make him look like Darth Vader. Yes. Trying to make him look like the son of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. And you put up on our social media the side-by-side or the Darth Vader was on top and uh, Luke was on the bottom of the fight scene from Rogue One and the fight scene for uh, Luke in The Mandalorian and how similar. I mean, you can see the styles are different. Vader is always very up, straight up and down and very stiff with just one hand you know, yeah. blocking. Luke is a little more dynamic and moving around. But, but not a lot. He but not a lot. You can see there's a little bit of difference a, because there should be. It's a completely different style of uh, a style of combat. Yeah, because but, you have dark side and light side. But I mean, but Luke and Darth Vader have similar styles of combat is what I'm saying. And they do in the movies too. Um, it's just one way of sword fighting. And if you go deep into Star Wars, you understand that there's different forms. Yeah. Oh, yeah like absolutely. these are known things there's different it, forms of lightsaber it's not just combat. star it's just not star wars it's right. like actual sword fighting right. and fencing and like they, there are so many different and styles. they have the same style of fighting as compared to like ahsoka which is completely different right or other jedi who are completely different so um maul uh, obi-wan qui-gon yeah like all of them mace windu what whoever like they're all so different from each other on how they fight yeah for sure some are much more acrobatic than others yeah um, yoda Obi-Wan's kind of the mix of all. So yeah. he's got the power. So Luke and Darth Vader are very much power. power. It's power. Yeah. 
Um, Ultimate power. Versus finesse, which is a lot more Obi-Wan. Yeah. Um, things like that. So um, uh, Nolan says, Heir to the Empire was great. Uh, correct. Yes. It's one of my favorite book series. Bing, 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 bing. <laughs> you got that one. And right. so anyway, after tell- talking about that, I started looking it up. And turns out the rumor mill is a churning uh, with some leaks from some Disney people that that's exactly what they're doing. They're creating basically Heir to the Empire with Thrawn as the center villain. And I don't know how you do that without Luke going forward. So yeah, I, you have to have him. Um, I have no problem with recasting. It doesn't bother me at all. When they recast Han Solo, I thought the guy did a great job. Mm-hmm. Um, listen. Yeah, they've already done it. Do you want the stuff or not, people? I want all of it. Mark Hamill is 70 years old. Do I'm, you want? No. I want him to voice things. If he could voice things, that would be fine. Recast the character. But, What's important no, is the yeah, character, not the yeah. actor. I agree with you. I mean. To a point. To a point. Yeah. But we don't get him anymore. That's the thing. Like Mark, You're right. Mark Hamill, 70 years old. We're not going to get him to play in this. Not at this age. Role because of the age. You can't have him in there. It you is what it is. You get him to play late 50s, you know, as... You know what they did when he when Kylo Ren, sure. So that's yeah, the, that's yeah, the only on. down point about saying okay, they need to film that stuff now. That could <laughs> stay in canon, uh, is because you you know the eventuality of the New Jedi Order, right? And that's Kylo Ren's destruction of it. But we don't know the details of that. So and that's a long ways away. Yeah, Again. that's a real long ways away. So I'm just and do they bring in Leia? And like Han's kids and stuff, like later on, do they do that? See, I don't know. That's they can't so do far. that really. So the straight heir to the Empire way, it's going to be hard to do that because they changed all that with those sequels. They fucked up. Yeah, they really did because in the New Jedi Order, it's different with. Well, and there's so much Ben with, Solo. He's not even. Yeah, there's. It's Jacob or Jason. There's Jace. Yeah, they have twins, right? Yeah, but it's a different name. It's not Ben. It's. I thought it was Jacob. Um, Jacob or Jason? I think it's Jace. Twins. Let me look that up. It's a boy and a girl. Um, Jason, J A C E N, and yeah. Jaina. Yeah. And a younger son named Anakin. Luke reestablishes the Jedi Order, marries uh, Mara Jade. Yep. Uh, non. Uh, non-movie but fan favorite redheaded force wheeler Mary Jade and they have a son Ben Skywalker so they have a son they have the son so they screwed I mean this is what happens when you don't have people taking care of stuff and you're throwing out all these legends books that they had to build on I mean why wouldn't you take these legends books and build on it so I think Janet's got a point I mean if you want to do things the way that I think people want them to be done you have to get rid of it you have to get rid of them or make them for a mainstream movie like that that's very hard to do it's I can't even or they're just we just take all ignore they have just ignore it because yeah I I already have I already have ignored them (laughs) as soon as this episode came out and I saw Luke do what Luke does and they played it out right, and everything was like the stars aligned, and you know everything happened the way I wanted it to. I forgot about those movies. I'm to the point where I'm I don't want to show Grady those last three movies. We finished with Revenge of the or uh, Return of the Jedi, and Amy was like, "Oh, when are we starting the next three movies?" I was like, "I don't think Just, we're going to. We're going to start the Mandalorian. I don't think we're going to watch these." 
because they're non-existent in my world anymore. I agree. And that's, I hate to say that. I'm not the person that usually is like, they serve their place like things, for but, us at that time. Right. And now that time is over. That time is over. And we have a new world coming towards us. We have so many good things coming to us, Star Wars wise, that is going to be better and more, you know, like more on par of what the story needs to be. I'm going to have and a. I'm happy about I, it. I think we don't directions need, are going. We, I don't know that we need more Han and Leia. No. I just thought with like the new Jedi Order. Sort I think of they things. could just like go on in their the own future. With that. Eventually, that I don't could see happen, them doing that with the, Luke, not with to be honest, but I not with the Thrawn stuff. Like, I just it's not going to happen, not anytime soon. Yeah, I don't know. It's so it's such an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan, and this just propelled it to a new. It's propelled an already amazing thing to a world of like, what if, you know. It's exciting. It's an exciting time to be a Star Wars fan. I'm just going to sit back and I'm going to let them Star Wars all over my face. <laughs> you know? Um, so that's what Heir I watched. Heir to the Empire was great. And by Luke, I meant the clone made from Luke's hand. He lost in Cloud City. That's right. They do. Oh, he put L-U-U-K-E. They do. Um, they do some cloning. There's more than just from his hand, though. Nolan... You're into things. I forgot man. about that. Um, so they did a clone, several clones <laughs> for, and this is what they're doing with the whole Grogu thing. Yes, but that is a part of that series as well. And they do clone, make uh, four sensitive clones from Luke's hand. Yes, but they do it from something else too, and I can't remember what it is. There's also a big theory going on, which is similar to the blood, like the Empire taking the bloods, yeah, blood from the children to make clones yeah, they're clearly setting up yeah, to the empire that's what they're doing um because if anything other than the shattered empire remnants being re-brought together by thrawn i mean this is what they're doing yeah so i don't know how far out it is <clears throat> it might be three years out i don't know oh. but it's um reread the books i'm gonna i mean they're not canon technically but no but they are but they can do whatever the hell they want I mean, really? So yes, they absolutely can, as long as they use those books as like a guide. I don't care if they depict the books like to a T. They don't need to read the book to us in a in a show, but they need to use them as a guide for the rest of what happens with I mean, Star Wars, which they're already doing. There's also some significant fan theories getting thrown away that Mace Window didn't die. I know. I saw that too. And so he could be a part of it. And we all know that Samuel L. Jackson does everything. So. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's not going to turn it down. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, I think we've gotten to the end of yeah. our glorious Mandalorian love fest. I'm sick of this motherfucking throne <laughs> on this motherfucking ship. On this motherfucking throne. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, we have come to the end. Thank you for listening. Thank you for the Patreon subscribers. If you are not a Patreon subscriber, check it out. You have a bunch of extra content on there that I just posted an episode today. New Snarfioki. It's like an hour and a half long episode with us just going off the rails. Did we you being finish, us? Finish it with a song or is Snarfioki? We, no, we finished it with the song. But the first hour and ten minutes or so is absolute comedic gold. It's very entertaining. <laughs> it is. I have very little memory of it. Oh, I it's so why. entertaining. The first the first part of that show is so entertaining. 
the snarfioki. It's good. You know, it's it's there. Yeah. It we did it. We it's thought good. it was amazing at the time. Man, at the I time. I haven't listened to it back, so I felt like I was gonna win an award, <laughs> like an MTV music award. Or like be inducted in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <laughs> we thought we were doing something. Yeah. And we did do something. Yes, we did. It's just not quite to the standard I thought it was. <laughs> but you will enjoy it. So anyway, patreon.com, you got to be at least a $5 subscriber in order to get that type of content. But even at a $1 uh, a month con- uh, subscriber, you will get extra content, stickers, and, and stuff. Uh, for our bundle of Snarf su- subscribers, those are going out soon. For uh, um, we got a couple of them, so yeah, we got two. So for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. Mm-hmm.